Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome, on this Coach Em Up Thursday, December 21st, 2023. This sports program starts now. Football is happening tonight, week 16 of the NFL season kicks off with playoff implications on the line as the New Orleans Saints travel to Los Angeles to take on the Rams and a Sean McVay man who is six and one on short weeks, three and zero on short weeks at home. Whoa! Ooh. Remember last year he won with Baker Mayfield on Thursday yeah. night. Everybody yep. thought it was insane. Will that trend continue this evening as Derek Carr, the man who can heal from any injury quicker than anybody on earth, Jimmy Graham, who's a touchdown scored machine, and the boys in New Orleans are four-point dogs against Matthew Stafford, who's wheeling and dealing, and Aaron Donald, who's obviously always going to be a topic of discussion in any game that he plays. We got a good one tonight on Prime. Oh, yeah. We also have a great show today. Listen, we got uh, Coach Saban joining us in about nine minutes, fresh off the number two ranked recruiting class right. in the country, depending upon who you listen to, number one. Potentially, in the yeah, end, it's all projections sure. on how players are going to go. We have Coach Cower, uh, Bill Ooh. Cower, formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers, now of CBS Sports Sunday kickoff show alongside J.J. Watt and the boys over there. And then, obviously, we have a man who has coached for 36 years of his life, 18 in college, 18 in the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, our coach, the people's coach, Chuck Pagano. Hey, Three coaches on today's show. We should be feeling better about ourselves by the end of it, at least a little bit motivated about what yeah. we're doing and how we're doing, especially in this holiday season. Merry Christmas to everybody. We hope your shopping is going fantastic. The Toxic Table is here. At Boston Connor, at Ty Schmidt. I see a couple Colorado Wolves there on your chest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they are Wolves. I won't say they're Colorado because these are happy free Wolves. Uh, like you just mentioned, unfortunately, there were five uh, beautiful creatures, two juvenile males, two juvenile females, one alpha big-ass wolf released into the Rocky Mountains in Colorado. Hell Apparently, yeah. there are a lot of people up in arms about it because they're bored and they need something to be pissed about. And here we are with the wolves being the thing that they've aimed their sights on. I would probably say, hey, why don't you aim that at Russell Wilson or the Colorado Avalanche or some something else Avalanche? that maybe you can actually get pissed off. Getting pissed at five Beautiful. creatures. Beautiful. Are- Creatures of God. You can see how people that live in the area maybe are thinking to themselves, do we put Arctic wolves out here? Yeah. A lot of and they're having two, you know, they're having two youth males, uh-huh. two youth females. Yeah. Okay? You see and what they're... They might be wolves, but I heard they're like rabbits. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we go, we, how, 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 Yeah. A lot of howling. Like the wolves. Uh-huh. Yeah. That is an interesting move. I assume there was a lot of people that weren't appreciative of that particular move. And then Colorado had another move, too, this week that a lot of people were talking yeah. about. Yeah. Colorado, topic of a lot of discussion, wolves and cancellations. It's a uh, beautiful time to talk sports instead. One half of the hammer, Don. Cowboys, Tony Diggs is here. Tony, you look great, Pat. Thank you. You look great as well. I really like those. I, mean, I love the tanks. I respect the tanks. But your look this week. The, the dress T-shirts. Yeah. They have that, been fantastic. That's, that's, long sleeves. That's the move. They've been, uh, you know, they've been hanging in the closet a long time. And my wife likes to take credit for it, sure. uh, that she's bought sure. all these clothes. She certainly has. And she was very similar to how you feel. Like, yeah, tanks are cool. All right, we just, you need to buy 60 Amazon tank tops every yeah. six months. That's, that's very easy to easy. do. But it has been nice to dive into yeah. some different, you know, dressings. It's fun. You know, it's not bad. Yeah. And I'm not as fat as I once was, so a lot of things can fit. Bingo. You know, and mm-hmm. I can wear them. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. We're, yeah, we're going through cool. similar things right now. Yeah, super cool. Yeah. I, that's like, because that's what I... Plain tees, play long, plain long sleeves. That's that's my that's the go-to. Yeah, I'm built like a spark plug whenever I'm eating, so it's yeah. tough for me to wear those types of things. Sure. The body just kind of ruins it all. But like mm-hmm. now, it's I, I've kind of worked my way through science and effort mm-hmm. to a mm-hmm. place where I can wear these 
Or silk stones. shirts. I appreciate that. Hey, that's a great compliment there. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you. Hey, Merry Christmas to you guys. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas to you. Hey, Coach, Merry Christmas oh, to you. I mean, happy holidays. Don't get pissed off. Happy holidays. No, that's what I'm saying. Merry Christmas. Yeah, I think you're allowed to say that, though. Well, we, we all celebrate Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, like, we hope all the other holidays are so great as well. But, like, the one that, I, the one that I'm... I, we wished Happy Hanukkah yeah. to Shefty, yeah. and mm-hmm. we didn't know it was over. We thought it was still yeah. going. I guess it's only eight nights. We're on keeping track. That's 100% on us. Whoops. Kwanzaa's coming up. Great, yeah. That's right. Great celebration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not practicing that. I hope they have a great one. They will. Also, yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry That's Christmas. A, yeah. Have a great Merry Christmas. Uh, speaking of, let's go into the weekend, week 16, with a winning record gambling-wise. Mm-hmm. Chuck Pagano, when you look at this Rams-Saints game, Yep. This is a good one. Oh, this yeah. is a game that, like, you know, actually matters. This is going to be good teams. A couple veteran quarterbacks. Now, Derek Carr's season has certainly gone a little bit differently than what I think they were hoping for, but they're still in a conversation to make the playoffs. And once you make the dance, who knows? Yep. Jimmy Graham obviously finds the end zone every single time he's on the field. Those are his only catches. Yep. And whenever you talk about Matthew Stafford, he's playing. He's playing lights out football. We're talking fadeaway, sidearm, cross field, oppo, sideline, boom. How you doing? Ooh. He's been doing that the last couple of weeks. They lose to the Ravens a few weeks ago, obviously, because of a, a punt return and that whole thing. But the Ravens considered one of the best teams in football. Yep. Mm-hmm. I assume the Rams and Matty Stafford think that they should have beat them already. They're vibing. It's a good one, Coach. Is that how you see it? Absolutely. They're. I mean, they're healthy. Their offense has scored 132 points the last four weeks, right? Very good. Third, third best in the National That's Football like 40 points game. New Orleans comes in, they're 10th best, a little over 24 points a game. So Carr's got them guys going. I'm really interested to see this matchup. Dennis Allen, we talked about Tommy DeVito, right, going up against Dennis Allen, the New Orleans Saints defense. Yeah, he's shelf life. We heard it. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. yeah. yeah Lombo yeah. brought it up. Thanks yeah, a lot, it, Mike. Yeah. So. I'm in, I'm almost almost ended Stallone's career. Yeah. Yeah. Pison on Pison crime. Yeah, that was yeah, Pison d- on Pison. And then Lombardi was Pison on Pison. Yeah, triple. Why are you guys all love doing him. this? Not, get love it. It's classic. Love elite. everything about it, but it's just is what it is, right? Yeah. Seven sacks. So this defense, I'm in. I can't wait to see this matchup. Okay, you think Kirk Herbstreit Al Michaels wearing the ties? Oh, Got to. This I is think so. both teams yeah. playing for playoff berth implications. New Orleans controls their own destiny. They got Tampa in two weeks. They're not looking ahead. They got to win this one, otherwise, you know, it's a it's a no go. So they got Tampa at home, Nick. Tone, what's the weeks. public money doing? What are we doing on this particular Rams. four points? Uh, Rams favored by four. Obviously, the three, three and a half we yeah. talk about, four. Mm-hmm. And it's home field advantage. Might have Blueface in the suite Ooh. on right. sideline yep. doing his thing. We never know what's going to ha- happen in SoFi. It might rain inside, actually. Yeah, SoFi is a place where a lot of things can happen. Sean McVay, 3-0 and at home on short weeks, 6-1 yep. and overall. Gumpy brought that stat to life earlier today. I think that is a hard implication on where Gumpy's probably heading yep. on this particular evening. Diggs, what's the money look like, and what should we be thinking about whenever we gamble on tonight's Majority's game? on the Rams, um, and that's a lot of because the Saints have put a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths this year because they are 4-9-1 and one against the spread, so most of the time when you've, when you've taken the Saints this year, you've been disappointed, and that, and that resonates with betters, and it will tonight because the Rams, who the Saints were, what, they were supposed to win the NFC South, Rams, not supposed to be good this year. So the Rams have been covering machines. Saints, not so much. So then generally you just go to the team that's been good for you this year and also has Matthew Stafford and Puka Naku and what? Cooper Cup and, and all these these name brands on offense. You know, Kyron, get them what are you saying on defensive side, though? You're saying we don't know a lot of the players over there? We asked Dirty the other day, Dirty yeah. big-time Rams fan. I know Aaron Donald. you know any of them? I know Witherspoon because he was a Stealer. There's uh, I got a, that, Raheem's Joe, done a great no. job to your point. No a bunch boom. of no names, right? Joe. 
There's, we don't know any of by no names. Great football players. Yeah, yeah sure. Byron Young, number zero. But remember, they trade Jalen Ramsey out of there. Mm-hmm. Okay, see you later. Taylor Rapp leaves. See ya. Yeah. Why, Bobby White, see ya. Yep. Everybody like leaves that we knew about the de- defense was built rebuilding. around. And they are rebuilding, but then... Kobe he, Turner, you heard, number 91, he's got five and a half sacks. Byron Rung's got six. Aaron Donald's only got six. There's some dudes on that defense. Yeah, I think so. And they've been Raheem's winning these done a games. good job. Yeah, they've, won, they've been winning these games as well. Raheem Morris been a head coach before. People talking about him potentially getting another head coaching job. But if you listen to what Sean McVay, Matt Stafford talked about going in the season, they were like excited for a new group of teammates mm-hmm. almost. You know, they kept their pillars. They kept staff. They kept Cooper. They kept Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, kept the head coach. We had money everywhere. We had no draft picks. We went all in. They keep some pillars. Now they're trying to build up around it. on the defensive side. I would say they're doing that because they're winning, and we don't know a single player other than Aaron Donald. Nope. And we're obviously stooges yeah. and not intelligent, and we could have Googled this beforehand. But what we're saying is we don't know any of these guys. No. no. And they could potentially tonight come to life in a way that's like, hey, in this NFC conversation, we understand it's the Niners. 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 Mm-hmm. Why not the Rams making it to the dance and Matty Staff having a chance to go ahead and win in the Detroit City whoa, against whoa, the Lions whoa. in the first round of the playoffs? Yeah. And the Detroit Lions fans who have been yearning for oh, yeah. a playoff game for so long have to stare down their old dog. Mm-hmm. Yep. That'd be a problem. It's destiny. It's going to happen. Everyone in Detroit knows it. It's going to be at Ford Field. Stafford's going to come in. Will he throw for 500 yards and five touchdowns? Yes. It'll probably come down to the last two minutes, mm-hmm. and hopefully it ends in a fashion that Detroit loves, where Stafford throws a pick to us, and we finally win a playoff game oh! for the first time since 1990. That's storytelling. That that's so script fitting. writing. Whoa. That's destiny. All that that guy did for your guys' hey, city. Huh. And that's why we sent him off. He got his Super Bowl. He's happy. He's in L.A. It's warm weather. He's doing it. Mm-hmm. It's our time now, Matthew, and he knows it. Okay. You think he's going to maybe just hand the game over to MCDC? Well, it's more so like a trade game because the, the trade now is final. They have all the players from the draft picks that they got. Yeah. Laporta is one of them. Brian Branch is one of them. Gibbs, Campbell. Laporta's worked out pretty good. Yeah. All of them have been. Yeah, all of them. They've drafted incredibly well up oh, there. Oh, yeah. Golf re- revenge game, too, if that happens. Golf will be ready to go. Well, what about Stafford, Matthew Stafford? Stafford revenge, revenge game for having well, lived in that they already won, so long. So it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, so his, revenge is, his vengeance is already gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. His vengeance is completely gone. I appreciate that. I, I'm excited for tonight's game. And for the Saints, I mean, you're, to your point, everybody just assumed they were going to win the NFC South without the NFC South yeah. was looking. And it's like, maybe, you know, maybe, still, maybe not. Derek Carr, is he the answer down there? Who knows? Yeah. How long is that going to last? What's next year look like down there? Dennis yeah. Allen, you know, a great defense, but, like, what have the Saints been since Sean Payton got traded to the Broncos? Mm-hmm. It is. There's so many questions. And it's week 16. Mm-hmm. These are pivotal games oh, yeah. for futures, not only for the team, obviously, this season, but also, like, program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the whole yeah. program line. There's a lot of conversations to be had after this evening. The Saints, it feels like when we get to this point in the year, every year, it's like, well, next year, they're going to have to blow it up and figure it out <laughs> all over again. And that's, like, the difference between the 7-7 seven, seven Rams and 7-7. Seven, seven Saints like Rams have their guys. Stafford's locked in. He's going to be there. He just had that four year, one hundred sixty yep. million dollar extension. He's going to be there. Donald's going to be there. Cubs going to be there. Puka. Puka is going to be there. Kyron Williams yep. is going to be there. Like they have their core. The Saints every single year, probably aside from Cameron Jordan or in Demario Davis. Like they have to rebuild almost every year around a, a couple pieces, and it's never the quarterback. It's the worst position you could build around. So I, it does feel like this is a Sean McVay. Hey, and just because it's the NFL, you know, that means the Saints probably come out 
and do a great job. Yeah, absolutely. This entire thing, because it never makes sense. But you know what does make sense? Hmm. The fact that this man is considered the greatest of all time whenever Mm -hmm. it comes to college football coaching. Hell yeah. Seven-time national champion, fresh off a big-time signing day, recruiting the next class of future NFLers that will roll through Mm -hmm. this man's program. The head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, Nick Saban. Yeah, coach. How are we, Coach? We're doing, man. Doing great. Hey, how is the how is recruit assigning day? That's got to be a lot of pressure. We saw Ryan Day find out live while he was at a press mm-hmm. conference that uh, Smith Jeremiah the wide receiver number one, one yeah. number one wide receiver uh, actually committed to Ohio State. And he like fainted almost. He's like, oh, because I guess it was like a close call. Signing day always high pressure. Or what is what is signing day for you? And what has it been over the years? Another great class comes in. Yeah, well, it, it, it is a lot of pressure, and there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Of course, you know, we're on the practice field half the day, you know, while signing day is going on. We're planning for a game. We're planning for practice. So, you know, you're spending time recruiting, uh, but it's, it's you know, you got a lot of balls in the air at this time. I think every college coach would tell you this two-week period where you're trying to get ready for a game, where you're trying to finish recruiting, where you got signing day coming up, um, you know, is a really, really difficult time to manage uh, in terms of where are you going to invest the most time. So, you know, once um, you start practicing, it's 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 a little more difficult, a little more challenging uh, to stay with the recruiting aspects of it. But we're really happy with the class that we got. We're pleased with the guys that we got. They're the right kind of people. They're the right kind of guys. You know, hopefully we can add a few more you know, good players down the road, and we'll just keep working on it. All right, well, congrats on another great class. Let's talk about the calendar year for college football. So next year, 12-team playoff, obviously, so that's going to cut into this time as well. So there's going to be more coaches who have earned their way into practicing while the signing period is happening. Do you think there's going to come a time where this is going to change, potentially, to make people's lives make more sense? You know, because you should be focused. You've earned your way into the college football playoff. But then, like, one of the most important parts of college football is recruiting and signing your next class. And now you kind of are getting punished by what you guys have earned. That doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, but that's just part of the job? Or how do we change that? I think that, you know, we most of us realize that when, whether how many years ago it was, five, six years ago, where we decided to have an early signing date. And there are benefits to that. And there are benefits to the players. But... Because we have an early signing date, it really kind of became the signing date probably for about 90% of the players who are getting recruited. And then the next phase of that was the recruiting calendar gets moved up where you can have visits in the summertime and um, all that type of stuff, which is which is another thing that's probably good. I, but I think the most difficult part of that is you got all this stuff coming together at once in terms of, you know, practice preparation for a bowl game or a playoff game as well as a signing date and i don't really have a solution that would say what would make it better um taking away the early signing date that obviously would clear up the preparation for the games moving the signing date up further would impact high school players probably i mean if i was a high school coach i wouldn't want a player on my team to be able to sign before he finished playing for me because you may have some of that that we have in college where a player says, well, I'm not going to play in the bowl game because I'm going to get ready for the NFL. Well, I'm not going to really play my high school season because 
I already have a college scholarship. So, you know, there's a lot of pros and cons to all this. Um, I think it is what it is, and we all have to live with it. Uh, I'm not complaining about it. No, no. Uh, it, it was me. Difficult. Yeah, it was me complaining for you just because it doesn't seem to make sense. Like in the NFL, for instance, they have these head coaching interviews that take place, and normally it's the coordinators for the teams that are in AFC Championship, NFC Championship, or the Super Bowl, and this is the biggest game of their lives, potentially, and they've earned the head coaching interviews, but for Monday, Tuesday of the week of the Super Bowl, these guys have to go interview because they might not get the job. It's like, that makes no sense. Like, that is not, that shouldn't be how it is, especially for people that are having success. So it's me bitching, not you. Just want to make sure that is very, very clear now. Yeah, all right, cool, I got you. Yeah. So now with the transfer portal also happening. And now the seniors signing early and committing late. It's like, at what point do you have to figure out? And I know you said you have a roster manager or something like a general manager down there. But at what point do you like, all right, we'll use 60% of our scholarships on high school guys. We'll use 40% on transfer portal because like we're seeing prime prime got like five guys out of high school. And then, but like, I think 10 or 11 out of the transfer portal at the same time. How do you decide that? Do you have to like, what is the, the weighing of the options there, especially at this specific time with it all coming together at the same time. Right. Well, we don't really have a specific number on it. Um, Basically we look at the transfer portal a lot like free agency, which means that if we have a need on our team, because if a guy's going to transfer, he probably needs to play. He's looking for a place to play. So it's important for him to be able to play. It's important for you to be able to need him to play. So we look at the transfer portal, like, Hey, if we're missing maybe a left tackle or we're missing, you know, a linebacker on defense, whatever the position is, you know, we're really searching to try to um, complement our roster, you know, with guys that we could get from the transfer portal. So that's that's kind of how we've approached it. And we end up with four or five guys. I mean, Jameer Gibbs, Jamo Williams. I mean, all those guys were guys that made significant impacts that came from you know, the transfer portal. So that's been very helpful to us. That's like the new norm. It feels like how everybody's treating it. Some teams are building directly through that. That happens in the NFL as well with free agency. Go with the vets, the established people. But in college now, there's a whole new business world that gets involved. I don't know how you guys are handling it all. Hey, but good work over there. Good work over there. You know, 17 to 20-year-olds deciding a lot of futures. One last question here on recruiting from Ty. Yeah, Coach, a a lot of what we see now, you know, is like a a kid will have a verbal commitment pretty early, and then as we lead up to signing day, there's all this talk about him flipping his – you know, his decision from one place to another. Obviously, you guys, with a lot of your guys, are are battling between a lot of these other blue bloods in college football – how do you kind of decide and manage like trying to flip a kid when you know like, hey, this kid is still interested. We can maybe put a little pressure on him to, to see if we can get him to come or knowing like when it's time to just kind of call it quits and like, hey, this kid is not going to be committing to Alabama. He's going to go somewhere else. How do you manage that aspect of it? Yeah, well, <clears throat> you know, I think that um, it's a very good question. Uh, I think there's one sort of um, – factor involved in recruiting now that did not used to be involved in recruiting uh and that's the whole concept of it's i I don't want to say it's pay for play but name image and likeness has turned into something very similar to that so uh, what you have in some cases is you have players who are looking to create value for their future Uh, they're looking to go to a program where they can have a good quality of life but at the same time 
their personal development, their academic development, their career development on and off the field are all things that are most important to them and their family. And then you have some people that are just looking for where can I make the best deal? And, you know, sometimes those factors change, you know, toward the end. Um, and you have to be aware of, you know, which guys are solid, which guys are coming here for the reasons that you really recruited them, which was to create value for their future and try to allow them to have a really good quality of life while they're doing that. But at the same time, knowing that there's guys out there that are looking and searching for, you know, where can I make the best deal? So, um, and you kind of got to try to recruit enough guys on the board that are good players that they can complement each one of these types of guys that are making these decisions. So there's a, there's a few more factors involved in where guys go to school now than there used to be. Yeah. The pay for play thing is uh, with the collectives and how, cause they're, they're throwing out money, how much money people are getting paid and made. And I'm texting people that potentially would know agents and such. I'm like, are these real numbers? Like everything's inflated that you're seeing right now. Every number's being inflated by the agents. They're the ones putting it out there to put leverage on other people to potentially make mm. more money. So nobody knows what's real and what isn't real. It, it's a, it's a wild transition phase right now that's happening in college. Is that an accurate depiction there of the situation coach? That is accurate. I like the way you say things, so I don't have to say them. It is. <laughs> I got you, Coach. Uh, now, transition era, not just with money and uh, players, but also the future of college football potentially as a whole. Conman's got a question for you. Yeah, Coach, uh, obviously the conference realignments and things of that nature have kind of become very prevalent in the college football world right now. And I think it was last week Chip Kelly did an interview basically talking about how, you know, s- splitting it up into East and West, 60-14, Teams on both sides, you know, eight divisions of eight that you play every year, and then you schedule six or seven other games elsewhere. And a lot of the things that he was talking about was how UCLA has rivalries with these schools in other sports like Arizona or Stanford. But now because that their football team is going to the Big Ten, all those rivalries are going to change. How do you feel about a format like that? That kind of changes the you know perception of you got to be in one of those power fives to go all the way and kind of just splitting it up into a easier kind of travel also for these teams and still keeping the same old school type rivalries of these you know legendary schools who have been playing certain teams for you know since the beginning yeah well i I think there's a great argument for you know traditions of college football. And, you know, college football has been great for a lot of people. It's been great for fans. It's been a great opportunity for, you know, many guys, not just in football, but in all sports. I think I read a stat where 82% of the people who won medals in the Olympics got, you know, trained in college. Uh, so, you know, some of that all is all going to change. I mean, the, the, what we see as college football right now is being completely um disassociated from the traditions of what we've seen in the past. And we've had some great traditions here, as all schools do, uh, in all sports. And some of those things are going to go by the wayside because decisions are made for mega conferences. Um, These decisions are getting made for probably financial reasons uh, in terms of, um, you know, on one hand, to make a better program so that you can invest more in players but on the other hand you may be eliminating some opportunities for some other people yeah it's happening all over the place especially with that pac-12 he compared i you obviously have i don't know a thousand things going Mm -hmm. on so you didn't hear it he said the pac-12 disappeared 
out of nowhere, $100 million business, like Bed Bath & Beyond did. <laughs> See ya. We are gone. That's what Chip Kelly said about it. And it's like right now, it's a whirlwind of change hitting everything at once. How does it, does it get wrangled in, you think? Does it get figured out? How do, you, how do you think this whole thing pans out, Coach, just as a man who's obviously at the top of the game? I think it's going to continue in the same direction uh, that it's going until something happens, I call it a thunderbolt, uh, where maybe people start dropping sports because the finance, fi- the finance part of it can't make sense in terms of what you can reinvest in non-revenue sports or you know, some, some players out there don't get what they were promised and there's lots of lawsuits and stuff. You know, I mean, there's going to be some kind of a thunderbolt because this is not a system that we have right now that has any guardrails. And in most competitive venues, there are some guardrails that, you know, sort of control what you can and can't do, whether it's the NFL in terms of where you pick in the draft to create parity or whatever it is. And right now it's it's a game of whoever's willing to invest the most has the best chance to have the best team. Well, you talk about the NFL and, you know, having – I appreciate you say, calling it a thunderbolt. That seems like a, like an equalizer, like a situation that's going to take place where everybody's going to have to finally open their eyes because it feels like it's common sense thought that if you don't have, like, structures of contracts, there's probably going to be bad contracts. If you don't have, like, what deals look like, there's probably going to be bad deals all over the place. Somebody has to do something, you know. Hey, figure it out. Figure it out, smart people. Come on, smart people. Figure it out. All right, let's direct our attention now to the big one, the Mm -hmm. game that you've earned yourself into, the Rose Bowl, coming up on New Year's Day. Chuck has a question for you, Coach. Hey, Coach, how you doing? Hey, I was wondering about game plan, uh, implementation, practice, how much you've done, if that's complete. I know we tried to do, like in the National Football League, Tried to get everything, you know, getting ready for a Super Bowl, you had two weeks, so you tried to get everything done the week at home because you knew there was going to be a lot of stuff going on, media responsibilities, et cetera, et cetera. How much of that game plan is done? Um, and when you go to uh, L.A., I th- I'm assuming you probably leave the day after Christmas, how much practice time and how much implementation? Or is there just tweaking out there, and is it going to be mostly walkthrough type stuff? No. Um... You know, basically, we try to structure our practices where we have, I think we had three practices that were, I call, fundamental practices. You know, players have to go back, and when you have this much time off and this much time between games, you got to kind of reinvest in your conditioning, reinvest in your fundamentals, reinvest in taking care of the ball, tackling, all these things when you don't play for a long time, you know, you can get a little rusty at. So we try to spend three days on that, and then we have – a normal Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of what we would do in the season here where we're trying to, you know, implement the plan, um, you know, as if we were playing a game on Saturday. Uh, and then when we go to, to L.A., we'll, we'll repeat that same thing again, but like one day in advance. So we got, we're a little back end loaded on the rest time for the game. Okay, and with the Super Bowl, I was very lucky to play one my rookie year. Nobody had a clue who I was, so I didn't have any distractions. <laughs> there was no events that I was getting asked to go to, but all my friends were. For these types of games, obviously you've been to them a lot. Media responsibilities, events, distractions, there's a lot of that for the players, or do you keep them guarded away from all of it? No, we have some responsibilities that you know sort of go with the territory that are required you know, for the players to be involved in, but you know, I, I think it takes – you know, mature guys uh, to be able to manage uh, external factors that, 
you know, can cloud, you know, how focused you are and what you need to do. But what I try to emphasize with the players is, look, man, when we're here, we got to focus. I know it's going to be Christmas in a couple of days, but we got to focus on practice. We got to focus on the meetings. We got to reinvest in what we got to do to go play well in this game. And, you know, excellence has a price. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't come easy. It's not free. Um, so we all got to make an investment in what we got to do when we're here. And then the couple of days we have off for Christmas, I want you to enjoy yourself. And then when we refocus, I don't care if we have media or whatever that we have to deal with, um, we got to focus on what we got to do on the field to play well. And that's got to be the number one priority for all of us. Excellence isn't free. Is that what you said? It's not free. Price. Got to pay for it up front, too. Every day. Yep. Awesome. Every day. How are the boys taking it? How do you feel about the team? Vibes good? Moxie high? It's good. You know, um, uh, once we started, you know, sort of planning for the game, uh, that gave them a focus. I think, you know, when you get this point in the season and you've played this many games, 13 games, you know, players are into a rhythm of what are we doing to get ready for the game, and that's where their focus is. So, you know, those first three days were hump days, I call them, uh, in terms of trying to get guys to do things the way you want. But the players did a good job of it, and they've been really good this week. Hey, huge win over Georgia mm-hmm. in that SEC championship. Yep. Yeah. You can see how maybe a not-as-mature team maybe feel themselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, because at the beginning of the season, these boys were cast off. Yeah, that's this right. This team stinks. Mm-hmm. Oh, this isn't the same Alabama. Now here we are, rolling into the Rose Bowl. Merry Christmas, Coach. Have a phenomenal holiday, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, well, you can't be drinking that Kool-Aid that you're talking about. <laughs> you got to be able to stay focused and have a sense of purpose in what you're doing, and that's what some of these external things can do to you. So it's much more difficult to deal with success than it is when you get your butt beat. So uh, hopefully our players are mature enough to do it. And Merry Christmas to you all. Have a great holiday. Hey, you're the man. Hey, that team's real good. All right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Coach Nick Saban. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Thank you, Coach. That was awesome. Yeah, that's the Kool-Aid, okay? Yeah. I don't know if you heard about Jonestown. Yeah. Yeah. Remember? That, uh, we don't need to be doing that. It'll kill you. Okay, maybe when everybody else is drinking the Kool Aid, you just watch them. Mm-hmm. All right? You need rat poison. Need to stick. Yeah, he yeah. is. Exodus has a price. Yeah, dude. Unreal. That yeah, is. That's a great way. It's all the same message. Do every day. Yeah. It's just how you word it. You know. Yeah, that's like JJ Waltz. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. What is it? Success is owned. Yeah. It's, it's leased, leased. And, and rent is due every, every single day. JJ yep. Watt. Why? Remember the name. 20% luck. Not, it's, no, 4% no. luck. Yeah, yeah. At Everything most, else is way too high. hard work and passion and will. That's right. Yep. Hey, that Burnley team needs to pick it up. Let's talk about this college football world, though. Mm-hmm. A lot of things have been said by everybody that's in it that said, like, this is not sustainable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Doesn't it feel like that is it's literally? Basically, oh, yeah. It's every not. human we've talked to. Yeah. The commissioner of the SEC, every coach we've talked to that's mm-hmm. been around college football a long time, has had a lot of success in college football. Seemingly like every player you hear, like they're enjoying it, obviously. But it, to the the point he made about the Thunderbolt, like some of these players aren't going to get the money that they no. were yeah. allegedly no. owed, you know, because the deal is crop. It's not a real deal, mm-hmm. which goes back to the point about having guardrails. Guardrails isn't just like like saying no player shouldn't make money. I'm the I'm the biggest player should make money guy in the history potentially. In the history. You could you could look it up. You could look it up. Yep. Since the day I learned of the whole thing. Receipts. Literally been like that. But also in the name of players making money, there's a lot of deals that they're getting screwed on. Mm-hmm. Cuz people have no idea what a good deal looks like. And if you come from nothing and you've never been around anybody that has any idea about any of it, whenever you're presented $75,000, it's like 
That's more than both my parents make combined in one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think we will take $75,000. Well, what you're giving up is like 25% of your career earnings for the rest of your life. Okay. Whatever. Okay, yeah, I, I guess you could take 25%. You're not taking 25% of this. No, 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 next deal or whatever. It's like, yeah, give me the 75 There's like people signing that, and then if it, they don't play, that money's not mm-hmm. coming. But if they do play and they do make money, they're going to owe for 25% forever because this is a shady, shammy, and it's not even I a regulated thing. So, so just yesterday. There's just so much bullshit. Yeah. It's like they're, they're setting up. For bullshit. That is literally what the entire thing is set up for. Just yesterday, there was a ton of flips, and you can imagine, like, a, some, a school or whatever it is comes in on in the last minute and puts a number in front of the kid, but that kid has no chance to look over a deal or present it to anybody else who actually knows about a deal, and they just see the number, and they sign, and they flip schools, and, yeah, the, the money not be right. And then the, the kid at Ohio State got the number one wide receiver, whatever the rumor was. Like there was a delay or whatever, and it's because the paperwork was still being worked on and hadn't been signed yet. Like because the deal, the structure of the deal, they were waiting for that to get like worked out. Like that, there's a lot of that stuff going on, like to the last minute. And Ryan Day had no control over it. Nope, yeah. none. That was a collective or some other business that was doing that deal. That if they were able to get the deal done, yeah. then he was going to be a member, the number one recruit in the country is coming to your school. If these people that aren't a part of your program that you don't do business with can get a deal done with them as well. It's like, that's tough. That doesn't make a lot of sense in my eyes. But people are getting paid. Yeah. Overinflated numbers on the internet, but people are getting paid. Yeah, it's still yeah. awesome. And there was another thing kind of similar to what Tony said. Like, the recruits, I think he was the number one JUCO recruit. He pulled up For to her, Ole Miss her, uh, in a Lamborghini yeah, Lambo. to, to yeah. sign his thing. And yeah. people are saying, like, yeah, this is cool and all, but Jim Harbaugh is being suspended because he got a cheeseburger with the guy. <laughs> yeah, the NCAA yeah. has not punished Harbaugh yet yeah, on nice, the cheeseburger nice recruiting thing. Uh, it had to be Lane's, right? Yeah, that's his. Yeah. That's that. That's that family. That kid. That's Lane. Yeah. yeah Can yeah. the head coach give the – no. Collective. He can't give it to the collective. He's not allowed no. to. He can't give no. it out. Schools aren't allowed to do it. That's Matt Rule's biggest thing. Right. I, I think Matt Rule brought it up. He was like, don't you think that we should be the ones handling the business with them because, like, we know them. We have an institution behind us. He said it's third parties, like collectives, which I think do have a relationship. I think collectives, they do. But there's also other just, like, groups of people with money that are like, yep, want them to come to town or whatever doing these deals. And it's like, that just doesn't make, I'm not saying the school is the right answer either. I, mm-hmm. I would assume somebody at the school should, but like coaches should at least have a little bit of uh, representation for the player with the whole thing, or at least skin in the game. So that if it doesn't work out, there's a reputation on the line for the coaches, because when it's just player and third party, we don't know. Player's the only one that has any skin in the game there, right? Third party, don't know, could just kind of, I don't want to say screw them over. They, I'm not saying everybody will, yeah. but. Yeah, certainly can. It's like if you get the coaches involved, you're also giving a little bit more leverage for the thing to be real and legit through the player because at least there's a representation from somebody else that is at least known or has structure behind it. There's just so much that has to get fixed. They're waiting on a thunderbolt is what they say. It also gives much more power to the collective than it does any of the coaches because like if a coach wants to recruit certain guys like in the collective can ultimately just be like yeah well you know i don't know if we think he's the right guy for the program so we're not going to honor what allegedly like there was a hiring of a head coach uh that was not okayed by collective yeah bingo and then collective goes exactly Okay, well, all right, we'll look right. for somebody. Okay. We'll mm-hmm. Look for somebody else. So, like, how are you supposed to? How are you even supposed to recruit and like put put together a team when it's like, hey, I don't like. We really like our board here with guys we want to go out and get, but there's also a good chance that ten of these guys, the collective, come back and say, like, now nah, we're not going to give this kid money. I like, would love if there was some super 
arrogant, non-self-aware donor, okay, that has $10 million a year for a school. Sure. Only says, I'm general manager of the team now. Yep. I'm picking who's playing quarterback. I'm picking who we're signing for this. I'm picking for that. Now, granted, you assume that all these boosters want schools to do well, so they're hands off. But what if there's a David Tepper situation? Oh, yeah. Yes. You have I'm no sure. idea. You have no Definitely idea what's taking is. place. Hopefully, you'll get figured out. Joining us now is a man who might have more information on the things that we're talking about, but certainly has information on maybe a school leaving the ACC. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. What? Yeah. Clemson? No. UNC? No. Duke? No. The one that won the, the conference and got... Florida State is the yeah. answer. Oh, really? Oh, Joining okay. us now, ladies and gentlemen, the authority of college football, Pete Thamel. Hey, Pete! Pete, what's up? See you jacked up. Merry Christmas, pal. How you doing? Gentlemen, gentlemen, thanks for having me. Always uh, always a pleasure to stop by. I love the Christmas backdrop, Pat. Very festive. It's the North Pole, Pete. Yeah. It's the North Pole. It's where all the magic happens, obviously, in this time of year, and... Uh, I'll tell you what, we haven't had any Pete Thamels on the show in a while. No. It is great to hear your voice. <laughs> yeah. It is great to hear your voice. But anytime you're coming on, you're coming on to explain a situation that we have learned about. We just talked to Nick Saban about the NIL, the transfer portal, the business, the collectives, everything college-wise. So I don't want to chit-chat about that. What I would like to chat about is this breaking news this morning, pretty much, that FSU is has a meeting happening this Friday morning. They have a bunch of lawyers basically scanning the deal with the ACC to see if they can find an out uh, so that they don't get fined 70 some million dollars i believe was the number i think i forget what it was exactly pete can you explain this to us a little bit more and is this florida state saying we went undefeated in the acc we're the acc champs and it still wasn't good enough with all the money that's going everywhere else and the state of our league currently we need to get out of here is that kind of the messaging and how do you see this kind of going so i think that the the florida state snub amplified their desire to push this to this step we're at right now, Pat. But if you really look, this is this. Uh, I guess the news is that Florida State has called a board meeting uh, for Friday to discuss potentially taking legal action to get out of the grant of rights. Um, do you want a grant of rights explanation? Sure, that, sure. And how much All money right. too? What the grant of rights is? We need that for so, sure. It's it's a two it's it, so a grant of rights by definition is when you sign a conference television contract. Part of it inherently, as long as I've done this, is that if the deal like the ACC's is currently is through twenty thirty six, you grant the ACC your rights. So right now, the ACC owns the rights to every team in the ACC's home sports content until twenty thirty six. So it's the same for Florida State as it is for Boston College, Wake Forest, Miami whoever else. And when they signed the 20-year deal, somewhere around 2015, 16, to do this, they essentially said, you own all our content, for lack of a better way to put it. So now, eight years in, Florida State officials have been very clear that they feel like the ACC deal is now out of market. And therefore, they want to unwind from the grant of rights, which would be the first step towards leaving the league and then joining another league. This is not going to be clean or linear. The lawyers will win, as they always do. And the billable hours are already astronomical. Uh, You'll enjoy this detail, Pat, for the absurdity of it. In order to examine the grant of rights, you have to go to the ACC's offices. You're not allowed an actual copy of it. So Florida State has gone at least a half dozen times. I've been told maybe as many as eight or nine 
to Greensboro first and then Charlotte when they moved. And they've had lawyers, officials, everybody examine this grant of rights with a fine tooth comb. You're not allowed to take a copy out. So you have so to go into their they, house to, to tell correct. them that you're trying to get out of their deal. Correct. With so your it's like Wolf of Wall Street when they're getting two. audited. It, yeah. yeah. They're sitting yeah. in a very cold room, yeah. probably mm-hmm. very hot room. <laughs> they're not getting any waters, mm-hmm. no food, no DoorDash allowed. Nope. Yeah. Nothing like that. Yes. Got it. And they're paying. The, yes. the Florida State it, yes. is paying these it, lawyers to do this. A lot of money. Yes, uh, they're, they're they're definitely the lawyers are definitely winning right now uh, out of Tallahassee. So this moment is not surprising if you listen to Florida State's rhetoric in the last year. In February, Michael Alford, that athletic director, said something has to change financially in order for Florida State to stay in the ACC. In August, the school president said that they very seriously consider leaving the ACC. Now, like in the history that I've done this twenty years now, Pat. Nobody that I've ever seen like has come out and spoken this overtly against a league. So today's announcement that there's a board meeting tomorrow is essentially actions meeting words. And the actions were expedited because of the snub. But I don't think you could fairly say this is solely because of the snub. They wanted to do this. They've essentially declared they're going to do it. And this is how they're going to do it. And to answer the financial piece, I think it's important to say that it's too pronged, right? Too if pronged. you were just to cleanly exit the ACC, it would cost $120 million. But you're also going to have to somehow unwind from the grant of rights. I Again, I'm not a lawyer, and this is unprecedented with what they're trying to do with the ACC. So you can't say, oh, Wichita Strait tried to leave the Missouri Valley's grant of rights in 1987. There's no precedent to this at all. So it's difficult to predict how it will go. But the thought would be there would have to be some kind of negotiated resolution, which would, again, be very expensive. Florida State's rights for the next 12 years are worth a lot of money. And the ACC isn't just going to say, oh, okay, we're going to let you we're going to let you go. So that could be another hundred million dollar plus either negotiation or a court says, "Okay, we'll allow you to go, but you have to pay the worth of it. And it's a it's a it's a tremendous amount of money. So this is going to be expensive and it's not certain to work. Court could say, you know what? You willingly signed these documents. You're going to you're going to have to honor your contract. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. That's why the lawyers are going in there trying to find every asterisk that they possibly can. You know, this is the force majeure situation (laughs) that got dropped into a lot of different contracts after, you know, COVID situation. So good luck to the lawyers in that hot room in Charlotte, North Carolina, the home (laughs) of ACC. Good luck to Florida State. But there might come a conversation of like, do we spend about $200 million on this? Or do we put that in a collective and continue yeah. to do it to our team. That's uh, and them getting, you know, screwed this year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Not fair. No. I could see how they, we got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. We're making the wor- least amount of money. What is it? They're making like their TV deal, the ACC deal. It's something like 20, maybe 20. 20 or something like that. What is the TV deal? So the, the best way to characterize it going forward and the TV deals are sort of dynamic and fluid is that fluid. when. When the uh, when when the SEC and Big Ten are at full throttle in the upcoming years, the expectation is they'd be about thirty million behind annually. So the thought that's been prevailing at Florida State and Clemson has mentioned this as well is that we can't compete with if you're Florida State, say Florida, if you're Clemson, say South Carolina, your neighboring schools, if they're making thirty million dollars more a year than you now. There's been some adjustments that the ACC has tried to do to address this issue. They brought in some new teams at a cut rate, and everybody's getting $2 million more a year from that. Success initiatives the ACC implemented 
this spring that would essentially potentially if you make like the national title game you could make between i was told 12 and 20 million more um we don't know how much the uh, tv contract for the cfp is going to be worth yet so the acc has tried to address this issue but it is those those actions have not deterred florida state um and then obviously the next question pat would be will others also challenge the grant of rights and potentially try to exit too Yes, could be precedent here for a lot of other people to get out of there. But if you do some quick math, 120 million, and you're behind 30 million, so that's four years, right? Yeah. Of just basically yeah. being left behind is the 120 million dollars. That's probably how they're justifying it in their eyes. Anyways, we appreciate you taking the time, brother. Enjoy yourself. You got to keep. You had to keep track of all the flipping of recruits yesterday. Is that what your day was like yesterday? I did do a ton of the a ton of the flipping yesterday. I was working on I was working on this stuff yesterday. But yeah, the flipping's fun. Flip season. Flip's yeah. fun. Flip's fun. Ladies and gentlemen, the authority, Pete Thamel. Thank you. Yeah. All right, there we go. So I feel like we just did college football pretty good. Yeah, right? that's nuts. What did we learn? $120 million at the base. Yeah, and potentially $200 million just to get out of the ACC. Mm-hmm. But go. you do the $30 million thing, that's a little less than seven years. Right. Yeah. of what you're backing up. So if you think 10 years in advance, you're making money, you're up actually 90 mm-hmm. million is what they would say. Yeah. That deal's 20 years and they're eight years into it. It wasn't until 35. So that's a 12-year thing, right? Yeah, yep. so right there. So then you got seven-year backup, 12 years left on this particular deal. You catch up about year 10. That's the math that they're doing for the long blade. Yeah. Do all teams have to go? But the money's due right no. now. Yeah, even more so why they'd be pissed that they didn't make the college football playoff if that success uh, initiative is going to give you $20 million potentially. Starting next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Starting next year. That's great. And then where would they go? The SEC, everybody just assumes, right? Yeah. Because yeah. they're right there. He yeah. mentioned Florida and them. Mm-hmm. So the, all the teams at Florida State leave, not just the football? Because isn't this all football deals? Well, so this is the Chip Kelly situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what Chip Kelly was yeah, talking okay. about, how – we screwed the softball team. Yeah. yeah. You think I like that? I don't like that. We screwed the basketball team. You think I don't like that? They're just coming after me. I'm like, we're just trying to find a home. But if they could partner with Clemson and figure out something together, then. FSU and Clemson? Mm-hmm. So that'd be 240 million bucks that the ACC would be getting? That'd be pretty good for all the other schools. Yeah. Yeah. If, they, if they leave, though, I mean, the ACC's pretty much dead. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, if Clemson leaves, you know, then what? Duke UNC, basically. And Miami, hey, yeah, still got a name. Sure. Yeah. Boston College. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the NFL a little bit here. Chuck, you know, it seems like they're trying to find every technicality to take down the brotherly shove. Aren't they? It's ridiculous mm-hmm. yeah. at this point. Tush push has gotten too big for its britches. That's what the NFL's saying, isn't mm. it? That's seemingly what they're saying. Okay. Jason Kelsey got screwed the other night. He did. He didn't. He did what he does every single play, and they're calling false start. What a joke. On the center, on the tush push. Seems like you're looking for a technicality. Seems like you're trying to ban the play without having to actually ban the play. Mm. Seems like you're playing both sides of the fence, NFL. It's kind of what I was thinking. Jason Kelsey said we were completely wrong whenever we were saying that. Yeah, he certainly did something that he was not supposed to do. Here's Jason Kelsey talking to his brother Travis Kelsey on the New Heights podcast, number one sports podcast on earth, about the brotherly shove play and the state of the Philadelphia Eagles. We got to talk about it, my brother. I know this is a tough one, uh, losing three in a row. Any initial thoughts? Losing sucks, man. It really does. We're not playing the way we're capable of playing. It's one thing when you lose and, you know, you're just not as talented, I think, as the other teams. You know, I've said this the last three weeks, and I still think so. I think we have great players. I really do. I think we have great 
coaches. It's just not clicking right now. Myself included, we have not been disciplined enough. We haven't executed, especially in crucial moments of the game. My false start was crucial. It ended up being a big reason why we didn't uh, win the game. The league just won't let the brotherly shove be great, man. They're harping on this. No, no, no. Stop. I got nobody to blame oh. but myself. Well, Every no. single time you guys get in that formation, they are... I know that. I have been warned about this because in years past, I had been known to move the ball up. I really have not done that that much this year. The problem was I set my feet too close to the ball. So when I'm trying to get a forward lean, I move the ball a little bit too far. I get it. And it's the right call. I mean, it was really stupid. Okay. Put my hands on the ball first, then set my feet. Then I guarantee yeah. that call is not going to happen. We didn't even need a full yard for the first down. When we were 10-1, and we were just collectively operating on a much more consistent, situationally aware, smart football team. This is not smart. This is stupid. Losing sucks, but I know we're a hell of a lot better than what we've been showing on tape. There's great people in that building that I look forward to getting this corrected with. Hey, still on front of you, Jason. Oh, yeah. Come on. That's sexiest one of sexiest men on earth one right there. Damn right. You know what I mean? Damn you just need to swing the momentum in your favor. You need to get a, a little bit of uh, big mo on mm-hmm. your side. Yep. Now, what he's talking about here, you got a side shot there. Okay, when the ball is set down for the line of scrimmage, okay, center comes up to the line does his thing, Mm -hmm. then he bends over, then normally just kind of puts it out in front a little bit, wherever it is, and that little tilt, not a big deal. But if you accidentally set your feet a little bit too close to the ball there while you're doing your thing, and then you got to get down here, and you got to get low for the brotherly shove, you got to move that to a point. It's too far. Mm -hmm. That's what the ref said. It's egregious. Too much. That's what the refs would have said. Just like Kadarius Toney was standing on the other – team's side of the field mm-hmm. in that particular play. The refs are like, it's a great. Like, what do you... Can't do it. Can't do that. Jason Kelsey, he said, it, it was egregious what I did. It was. They've warned me in the past. He said, I've been known in the past to be a guy that moves the ball. Okay, most centers are. Long snappers, same exact thing. Because it's all in just how casual and how normal you make it look. You can steal a yard or two. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's one of those close ones. For field goals in situations like that, long snappers will move it up a half a yard or back a half a yard so that it can be the perfect distance so we can make sure we get laces. This is standard operating procedure. He said it was just too egregious. So I appreciate Jason Kelsey owning up to it, and we'd like to apologize to the NFL for automatically assuming they're trying to screw Philadelphia yeah, Eagles yeah. in a brotherly shove. That's on us. Sure, absolutely. But to your point about it being egregious, if it was third and inches, you have to assume that that ref, he moved the ball probably to a first down. And the ref is like, okay, Come on. We, can't, yeah. we, can't, we can't be snapping. It was a full half yard, Connor. Oh, okay, it looked like he moved it a full half yard. Yeah, that's, that's like which. That. Yeah, which is full, that's what he moved a full yeah. half. That's, so, that's and he said fine. it's egregious. Mm-hmm. He said it's absolutely egregious mm-hmm. on a field goal. They're not really looking because it's fourth down. We're kicking a field goal. This isn't changing the outcome of the game. But if you move that thing half yard and it's a third and one, yeah. you're gaining three feet on a six foot play there pretty quickly. And it's like that is going to be something they're going to have to call. I think the bigger issue, and you start talking about us not all being d- disciplined and dialed in enough. Two new coordinators over there. Now three new coordinators for the Philadelphia yep. Eagles this season. Obviously, success brings like options and opportunities for a lot of people in your building. Losing both coordinators in the same year. Tough task for Nick Sirianni to continue his culture whenever you got two new voices in the room? Absolutely. Because uh, if you're not developing within, I think the great teams, uh, the ones that have had sustained success, they're bringing in guys and they're grooming the next dude. Because when you win, that's going to happen. They're going to go get jobs. So you're grooming those guys. So on offense, I think Brian Johnson was there. They brought in the new defensive coordinator along with Matt Patricia, you know, Sean Desai. So, yeah, that's a, that's a, a new voice, new terminology. Maybe they have their own thoughts on things. The, you know, a quarterback hearing a certain voice in his ear, 
defender hearing a certain voice in his ear. Um, I think D. Butt might have mentioned it. Like when you change, you get used to one guy like on defense. Like in Baltimore, when I was there and coordinated the one year in 11, there were certain situations that would come up where the guys knew already before I even spit a call into the mic. They knew what what was was coming. coming. They they knew what it was going to be within one or two calls. So that so that changes because everybody thinks a little bit different in situational ball. To your point, just to go back, because the offsides deal on offense yep. was a point of emphasis, right? Because of the brotherly shove. So what they did, they make it a point of emphasis. So now all of a sudden we're seeing all these offsides. In the last 10, 12 years, there's 18 offensive uh, offsides called on offense. There's 19 already this year. Hmm. Jeez, Luis. Yeah, wow. just a couple of weeks ago, it was 11 or something. So like that. Yeah. over a 10-year period, let's just say there's there was 18, and now we've got 19 <laughs> called already. That's just when the league says, hey, look, this is a point like DPI, ICT, helmet helmet. Whatever, they, whatever they put out there and say they send those videos out and we show you guys, right, in a yes. team meeting, here's the points of emphasis for this year. They are, they are not letting this go. Who's it normally, Troy Vincent or the head ref? I forget who is normally reading it off. Uh, what the point of emphasis is. It's always very well received. Yeah, you know, It's always very well Troy's, received. I think Troy's voice is over that. Yeah, there's a couple much. videos that get sent in that every team meeting loves hearing. You guys do a great job over there. Thank you for all the hard work. Full production. Uh-huh. You're talking like... Really? Yeah, oh, in, a, yeah. in a studio booth Ooh. voice. Green screen. Good, lit up pretty good. Wow. You know, like full... The editing of the plays. NFL Films is editing the plays mm-hmm. with the voiceover. It's like very... Never sees the light of day. Only seen in team meeting rooms. So, so it's and not. the response is always the same. What? Why? A lot of that. But it's very well done in the video. So it's not the one when we saw the point of emphasis video or whatever it was. We showed it up here. And I think it was Troy talking over it. Or no, was it? No, it was Rich talking over it. Yeah, it was Rich, Rich Eisen, yeah. actually. They, they hired a talent yeah. uh, to read over yeah. those videos. They do it professional. We appreciate it. But I do like that Jason Kelsey just went out there and said, not. Nah, Love it was 100% me. me. Even Travis was like, you guys are screwed, man. They're trying to take yeah. it. Like, that's because that's what it Stop felt it. like. Stop it. They called it. Yeah, no, no, my fault. <laughs> Don't completely. do that. Those eyebrows. That's an old lineman. Oh, yeah. oh. Huh? They're all, I think that is why he is the world's sexiest yeah. man. I think he has the world's greatest eyebrows. I love his humility, too. I like the fact yes. that he just owned it. He's They're bad. still in it, by the way. Oh, yeah. They're oh. still very much in it for potential home field advantage. Let me tell you who's going to take that. Who's that? On the NFC side. Hmm. And I know that I get a chance to go on first take on Tuesdays. And it's like, hey, Pat, we want to, you know, talk about who's your team to overtake the 49ers? Who's your team to do this? And I like giving love to everybody. Sure. I do. I appreciate the hell out of the Detroit Lions. Yes. I love Philadelphia Eagles. I haven't given up on them. How could you give up on a guy like Jason Kelsey and Nick Sirianni? Couldn't. Cowboys? Especially with all the talent they have. Love them. Dallas Cowboys, Big Mike. Great love team. them. Pittsburgh yeah. guy. But this Niners team is playing exactly like they were playing last year going into the playoffs. They were a buzzsaw. They figured it out. They were absolute wagons until the NFC Championship when the Philadelphia Eagles beat them. Not Philadelphia Eagles' fault that they injured quarterback, linebacker, what? defensive end, what? another quarterback, what? another quarterback. What? That is not the, – the Eagles played a great football game, and yep. the Eagles are incredible. But this Niners team, same pieces, all back, playing better than they've ever played. And then they got a quarterback – Who's going to win the MVP? Okay, yep. this guy's going to win the MVP. I got some interesting stats from Hembo here. Okay, here we go. I was like Hembo, please explain to me, like I'm a doofus, <laughs> why Brock Purdy should be the MVP? Because I am sick of hearing people talk about why he shouldn't be the MVP. Yeah. Well, he said, Pat, let's break it down. There's two prevailing arguments as to why Brock Purdy should not win the MVP. Is what Hembo said. One, he's a product of Kyle Shanahan's offense. Well. 
Let's look for most yards per attempt in a season by a quarterback under Kyle Shanahan in the history. Oh, Matt Ryan had 9.3 yards per attempt. He won the MVP. That was in 2016. 2023, Brock Purdy, 9.9 yards. So he's throwing the ball further than anybody in the history of the offense. Let's go most yards per play in a season by an offense under Shanahan. Well, 2016, 6.7 yards uh, per play. That was when Matt Ryan won the MVP. This year, 6.8 yards. Ooh. So Brock Purdy is officially—he is operating the Kyle Shanahan offense better than anybody, yep. uh-huh. including an MVP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now let's look at some other stats, shall we? Yeah. By the way, we don't remember anybody saying like, "Oh, he had Julio Jones whenever he won that." How about this? Forty-eight percent of passing yardage in the NFL is gained after the catch. Forty-eight—that's the average. Brock Purdy's at forty-six percent this season. Hmm. Less below, than below average. The league average. Okay. Less than the league average in yak. Yak, the last three MVP seasons, Patrick Mahomes, 53%. Aaron Rodgers, 54%. Aaron Rodgers, 51%. Brock Purdy, currently at 46% Yak, below the league average. So enough with the conversation. Brock's the MVP, I think. Mm-hmm. And this Niners team is the wagon yep. in the NFL right now. We all understand it. December 21st, 2023. Sports to start. It's December 21st. Football! crazy yeah boys it's christmas winter yeah. solstice merry christmas everybody merry the talks table is here at boss connor and at ty schmidt con man what'd you say there winter solstice days from here on out until i believe march 21st who cares days from here on out start to get longer more mm-hmm. sun going forward from this day until june 21st boom there it is so this is technically the first day of winter right that is how it is described yeah basically yeah. okay welcome to winter we did it welcome here winter's we coming Amazing. we're here mm-hmm. winter's here playoff implication football is yep. here one half of the hammer Done. cowboys tone Diggs is here any fun facts about december 21st tone december 21st is my hmm, three 271st favorite day of the year Wow. Okay. okay. Wow. 274. That's pretty good. I mean, there's, there's, uh, what is that, 95 that, uh, that are worse? Yeah. Uh, yeah. than that. And I, I think we're all thinking the same ones. So well, I, we can show off season. I'll list them all out. Okay. Sounds good. We'll keep that, uh, promise true, I hope. Oh, uh, a man who coached for 36 years in the college football world, 18 of them, and 18 in the NFL has joined us. He is 9-4-1 and one now, picking against the spread on Thursday Night Football. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Chuck. How about it, Coach? Wow. Huh? huh? We have a little clip, too, from last week. You basically called what was happening. Before we get to that, though, we have a man who is waiting in an attic in Ohio who needs to be heard. Mm-hmm. He's been chomping at the bit to get on the microphone today. Mm-hmm. Has some breaking news for us, this man. Wow. What? He's college football national champion, a Super Bowl champion, a Ryder Cup winner, a COVID survivor, father of 10, current president of Ohio, ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hawk. Yeah, A.J. Chomping at the bit all morning. I seen the texts. I felt the wow. energy. Uh-oh. Go ahead and let it all out. Aaron Rodgers back yep. on the active roster yesterday. Yeah, uh-huh. Go ahead and tell us what that means, AJ. Yeah, here we go. This old bit again. I'm, I'm a, I have news to break every single day when I come on here. Maybe I do. I don't know. But I don't think I have anything to break when it comes to the Aaron Rodgers front. But it do, doesn't seem weird to you that he's active roster, but he's. they also said he's not going to play. I'm, I assume – being into conspiracies like he is, he thinks, hey, something could be up here. So the C word in me certainly makes Uh me wonder, like, and I do not abuse the fact that I do have his phone number, Mm -hmm. okay, over the last couple years. Mm -hmm. We've become friends. I had to send him a nice message from a a fan this morning. Bingo. So I do not 
send messages for information. Now, AJ does know yep. everything yep. Yes, he does. happening Always. at all times. Yep. And he's had a couple of very long off-seasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because when Aaron went in the darkness, our show was still alive. That's right. Mm-hmm. We were in the light. You know? But wouldn't it make sense if you're Aaron Rodgers, just the type of human he is, mm-hmm. just so he could potentially say, oh, is that right, mm-hmm. you know, to some people? Imagine if he played in a game that did not matter for playoff implications at all earlier than anybody in the history of an Achilles tear has ever come back before, just so he could go, hmm, interesting. Mm. Oh, this guy, prima donna, asshole, bad teammate. Okay, Mm. Uh, just wants to play ball because I'm able to play ball again. Oh, this guy didn't tear his Achilles. He's not. It was all just for show. Oh, is that right? Here's the scan, and here's me thrown Mm -hmm. for three touchdowns against commanders on Christmas Eve. You know, the C word in me. Okay, it's hard not to think about that immediately upon him going to the active roster. But then, like, the adult in me is like, that would make no sense (laughs) for anybody if he did that, other than just to say, oh, oh, is that right? So, AJ, my C, unspiracy, is that that misguided? Do you think that is stupid for me to think about? Do you think there has been any chatter for him to say, you know what, I I don't care? If it doesn't mean, or is this all just so he can practice? Because if he's put off the active roster, he's heads to the IR immediately for the rest of the season. He's not allowed to practice. Is that a more seemingly obvious reasoning for this entire move for the New York Jets to make it this time? I think, I think so. I think you're, you might be, you know, on the right path. I don't know exactly how the whole situation played out, but I assume this was all part of the plan, right? Where, hey, when it's time for you to practice, we're going to have to activate you in order to get you on the field. We can't just throw you out there if you're not on the active roster. But I do not see him stepping on the field. I feel like when he was on on Tuesday, yeah. it was pretty apparent he's not playing football. Well, it, it, the issue was all year he said, if we're still in it, you yes. know, if we're still in it, uh-huh. I will obviously risk it. And I think he even said it doesn't have to be 100% if we're still in it. Yeah. Like yeah. being medically cleared is not 100%. Being medically cleared, I think I said 65 70%, 75%. That is like being medically, like, yeah, I can come back and play football. He was going to do that if they were mathematically. That was always the conversation. But then with how loud it got, yeah. you know, in the last week, because they have a 0% chance of making the playoffs mm-hmm. now. So all these people that are like, oh, this was a song and dance, it's like, what this is a much different situation than what the situation would have had to have been for him to come back and play. He's kind of laid that out the entire year. Yeah, exactly, and he's kind of stood by that the entire time. And, yeah, last week him being on the sidelines doing calf raises definitely mm-hmm. is a big thing just because the strain versus stress conversation, but the conspiracy. Stretch. Stretch, versus sorry. Stress. Mm-hmm. Versus stress, not That strain. guy in the Secret Service right there? Go back to that clip. Is there a guy, uh, yes. that white-haired guy? Is he in the Secret Service? What's that? It's not normal security. A team doctor? Press play? No, he's not a team doctor. The guy's watching the crowd. Lower left is who he's talking Secret about there. Service, yeah. Yeah. To the right of the guy in the neon. Yep. Yeah. Right here. Let's just get, uh, maybe he is a doctor. He's got an armband. He's a doctor. Yeah. He just saw something. Ah, my yeah. bad. Right. I saw him right here in my car. What is Aaron Hiring Secret Service? Yeah, there's my a lot. Of, well, there's a lot of stuff to look at in the crowd in Miami. We all know that. But uh, the conspiracy theorist and myself uh, would hmm. say that, you know, there's a situation where the Jets play the Patriots at the end. And obviously the conversation around Bill Belichick, Aaron would be the last quarterback to play Bill Belichick as the Whoa. coach. Uh, okay, so you're cooking it up even more, not just Christmas Eve. No, 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 no. He's not playing Christmas Eve. He's not playing next week. But last week, you know, you're not going to really be doing any football activities for about four or five months. Would you want your months. first game back at quarterback with a brand-new team to be against <laughs> yeah. a Bill Belichick, his, last, his potential last game? Yep. Mm-hmm. No. However... You know, in this year for the New England Patriots, I don't think it's his last game. But if it is, 
Bill, probably on the way out. Hey, Aaron, I got so much respect for you. When you were in Green Bay, I came out before the game to meet you. But how about today? I'll just, you know, we'll sit back and base, cover three, oh, cover really? two. Lame duck. You, you have some fun. We need one more loss to lock in the number two pick. You go out there. We won't even blitz you. We yeah, won't it feels like that's once. something Bill Belichick yeah. would do. Yeah. Yeah. It would be wild if he went back on the field. Obviously, it would have been wild regardless. But them not having any chance of making the playoffs, certainly a bummer on the entire fairytale story it was supposed to be, even though it was all made up, you know? Mm-hmm. It was all made up. Didn't tear it. That's what uh... – <laughs> He didn't tear it. I mean, he'd have came back three weeks ago. Would he, like, why would you wait this long if you didn't tear it? Yeah, why would you wait until there was zero percent chance? First wow. round pick, yeah. uh, so they can keep their first round pick, top ten pick. I mean, what a phenomenal, just a phenomenal storyline that has gone through there. Uh, we appreciate being a part of the entire story. Him getting back up there, guy lost his job because he goes down to he, practice yeah, squad. He did, yeah. But his his contract guaranteed though because he is a six year player, so he's already vested, so his contract has already been guaranteed forever. And they're probably going to end up moving him right back up mm-hmm. in a procedural move. So this is just a move that had to be made. But boy, people are not happy with Aaron. He's taking this guy's. Sure. They weren't happy about it at all, which seems to be the story of Aaron Rodgers' life. Let's talk about tonight's game, kicking off Week 16, AJ. We have a tale of the tape here, and whenever we look at it, I don't know if it's easy or not easy to pick the game. Because if you think about the Rams, 8-5-1 and one against the spread. Not supposed to be worth a damn. No. So that potentially is why they're 8-5-1, mm-hmm. too, because the way the books are looking at them or scoring them early in the season might be vastly different than what they are now. They might have stole some wins when everybody thought they were going to be crop. Mm. And then you think about the Saints, they're going to win the NFC South. Derek Carr's the answer. Remember, he was potentially going to be a Jet, and then he was potentially going to be somewhere else. Right. He got screwed at the Raiders, which we agree. He wasn't even allowed in the building towards the end of his stint there. Shot to Josh McDaniels. So he goes down to 4-9-1 against the spread. Mm. Underperforming in the public perception's eyes. Then turnover margin well the rams they're minus two mm-hmm. saints plus five they got championship defense don't wow. they coach down there yeah they take the ball away at a high rate always have if mm-hmm. you think back that yeah. defense has always been something special it's just can you get an offense to fit in there points per game about the same 22.1 23.4 can't easy come easy go especially whenever you got matthew stafford spinning it on one side. Points per game allowed, 19.1 for that defense for the Saints. 22.1 yards per game, 334 to 357. Yards per game allowed, 336 to 311. So obviously defensive side, the Saints are much better than the Rams. That's what this tail of the tape says. Do you think Matthew Stafford and the boys offensively have enough to top what the defense allegedly isn't able to do for them, AJ? I'm going to wait to hear Chuck kind of break it down later in the program to see exactly where I'm going to go with this. But when I look at all those stats, the only thing that I really care about, I think the turnover margin is always huge. I like looking at that. And the points per game scored and how much you allow. Like when people talk about like defense, like, oh, man, these guys give up so many yards or whatever. Like Who cares? How many points do you give up? We know everyone's going to get yards. So I care about how many points you give up and can you take the ball away in the Saints Saints are doing a pretty decent job of that right now. Chuck has the stats. He just found it on his uh, note sheet here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, red zone defense, AJ. New Orleans is 12th, uh, 13th, and the Rams are 12th. Wow. Oh, right there. So Ben, but so don't they both, break. They both do a, a good job of keeping guys out. You know, the other thing, would you consider this, AJ, and, and guys, um, playoff yes. atmosphere? Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, this is yeah. a playoff yes. game, right? Yeah. Yes. Well, maybe not so, in that stadium, but yeah. Should like the be. Players, yeah. Blueface is going to be throwing. If it's not right, dead man. president. It'll be, it'll be dry. Gonna it'll be dry. Hey, so <clears throat> how many playoff wins does Derek Carr have? 
None? I believe zero. One? Zero. Zero. Jeez. Yeah. How many does Matthew Stafford have, AJ? Well, at least one Super Bowl. Four. He's got quite a, yeah. Five. He's got a Super Bowl under his belt, too. He's four and three and has a Super Bowl ring. Wow. So you're saying playoff game tonight, too? I'm just saying it's good. Yeah. Oh, no. I think whoever wins is still in the hunt. Uh-huh. Whoever loses probably hey. making plans for early January. Hey, Chuck, uh, last week, AJ, I don't know if you heard this out of Chuck whenever he was making his pick, but when he was selling the Raiders pick, you know, which he got, he got the most passionate he has been about any pick ever. Yep. By far. This is what he actually said while making the pick about last week's game. If we all remember what happened between the Raiders and the Chargers, he picked the Raiders, and this is what he said the Raiders need to do on Thursday Night Football. You're five and eight. You can bury these guys. Come on. Bury them. Put their program done. They'll be done. 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 They're right on the verge. All you got to do is start fast, punch these right in the face. And then boom, it's over. And then go. Get them out. All right. It was, remember, 24 nothing or something yeah. like that. 42, yeah, exactly. whatever it was at the at the half. It was it was a start fast. And then you see you can end the program. They fired the GM and the head coach the next day. Yeah. You have pro you have the vision. Yeah. You you're you a prophet last week. Are we riding high still at this moment? We feel good. Absolutely. Let's go, real, dude. Real, I feel really good about Going into the holiday? Yeah. Huge news. We're riding the Chuck train? I'm yeah. pumped about that. I'm excited. What's Zeke's there? Club Bar. Lebanon. Troy, Glenn Denning. That's his That's bar? That's their bar up there, family bar. That's awesome. If you can stop by Lebanon, Indiana, ever, it's way out there. It okay. is. You're not going to find it. Let's talk about another game that's happening this weekend. Potentially a Super Bowl preview, AJ. Potentially a Super Bowl preview. If you look at the, the two teams at the top of the conferences right now, you got the Niners, and then who? Baltimore. Oh, who's playing this weekend? The um, Niners yeah. against who? Baltimore. I think the Ravens. Baltimore. No. Oh, yeah. Thank you, NFL. Thank you, Week 16. We got a chance to preview what's going to potentially be going down in February in Las Vegas. But right now, Lamar Jackson's being asked about this being a Super Bowl preview. Listen to his answer, AJ. About this could be a Super Bowl preview. What do you think about that? Psst. Super Bowl is in February. We're in December right now. We got to focus on Monday night. No. I'm not worried about what people say. Oh, he's locked in. He's not thinking about yeah, the Super he's Bowl. Doubted, and if so. you start thinking a little bit more, Lamar has only had one playoff win, right? Correct. Yep. He beat the Tennessee Titans, mm-hmm. which was obviously a rivalry there for a bit. But this weekend, we get an opportunity now to really test the top of this thing. And I know Lamar doesn't want to think about down the road because they got a lot they have to do and they have not done. So they, I understand that he's staying focused, and I appreciate his answer. But these are the two, AJ. And what a, what a Monday night treat we have here, Week 16. Yeah, we do. And I, I love Lamar's response there because it's true. Yeah. Could this be a Super Bowl matchup? Cool. Yeah, it could. But obviously, it's December. This is not the Super Bowl. If we do meet again in the Super Bowl, it will be much different by then. But I think this is cool to see both these teams get a feel and test themselves. Like the Niners, obviously, if they go out there and they, they beat down the Ravens, they can be like, okay, yeah, of course, we are who we thought we are. And I think the Ravens, the same thing. They get to test themselves against this great Niners team. A little bit of a heat check on, man, huh? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, the best part about this is just going to be Lamar versus the Niners D-line. Like, because obviously when Lamar is running around doing what Lamar does, it's the greatest thing of all time. But then you look on the other side, and it's like the jungle cap Bosa that you've talked about all the time. He takes up five yards when he's lining up on the line of scrimmage. You add Chase Young, and they got Hargrave and Armstead in the middle. It really is going to be a, an incredible matchup in that aspect. That's a great point, because they missed. Those guys missed last week, right? And Arizona ran for 234 yards. On the Niners, seven point eight seven point eight for Terry Connor. Kyler Murray, when he took off again, to your point about Lamar, he averaged I think a little over six yards per carry. 
So this, I can't wait. Ravens got number one rush offense in the National Football League. Arizona just did that to that 49er defense. You know they're going to go in there and try to play keep away and run the ball right down these guys' throats. And there's a chance the Ravens keep up with them physicality. Yes. Yeah. The Niners bully teams, teams after. No, I'm not. You're right. The Ni- Ravens have the making mm-hmm. of a team that can keep up with the Niners' physicality because the Niners' hangover yeah. goes like a week or two after you play the Niners. Yes. You are so banged up mm. mentally and physically <laughs> that you're losing the next week. It's the Niners' hangover for real. The Ravens' team tries to do the same exact thing. I like the matchup. Yeah. I am pumped about it. Kyle Hamilton was speaking to the media, and he was asked about Brock Purdy and being underdogs and everything like that. Here is Kyle Hamilton, who I think a lot of people are quickly saying – one of the best safeties in the league, I think. Dog, Not yeah. just like young guy who's good. I think mm-hmm. people are saying like, holy guy mm-hmm. who is really good. Here's him talking about feeling a little disrespected about what's going on. I think yes and no. Uh, I think internally we don't feel that way. Uh, externally, I don't know what it is, whether it's – I don't know what it is, but whether it's the lack of primetime games we've got or whatever, but I think um, – the 11 and threes are not created equal right now um, in terms of the 49ers versus us. And um, we feel a little disrespected by that. Uh, I feel like we are the best team in the league and uh, we got an opportunity in front of the country to show it. I love that. He said internally we don't feel that way, mm-hmm. but also, yeah, we feel like we're the best team in the league. I don't know mm-hmm. what we're talking about. And then here's him talking about at what the quarterback of the team that everybody says is the best in the league. Um. I mean, the word around the league is he's a system quarterback, and I just think that's not true just from what I've seen. He's um, making every throw uh, that you can make as a quarterback. It's on time, on target, uh, makes good decisions. He's mobile, and um, he's got a great cast around him at the same time. But, uh, I mean, yeah, he's he's really good, and um, props to him for uh, his pretty cool story, what he's done now, and he's an cool. um, MVP race. So. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be a good challenge, but I'm excited to do it. A lot of respect, maybe disrespect, an absence of respect. There's maybe a thought about maybe not. Two teams think they're the best in the league. What a Monday night, AJ. Yeah, but two teams think they're the best team in the league, but most people publicly are crowning the, the Niners, obviously, oh, yeah. as that team. Yeah, and like definitely. we just heard there, the Ravens are feeling it. They understand. And there's a lot of power in that when you can get pissed off and know, hey, no one gives us a chance, us against the world, all of that stuff. Sometimes you can uh, use that to your advantage. Harbaugh. Playoff record? How, when was uh, how many? What's the? Ooh. Nick told me today it was one one playoff win in the last nine years, I believe. And then for the That's Pittsburgh crazy. Steelers, one uh, their last one was seven years ago, I believe. Oh, so you were looking for stats just to make you feel no, good? No, no, sure. that was not me. <laughs> okay, but I, I do I do appreciate that because the staple that is Baltimore and how much respect we all have for them. It's like playoff success has not been as easily found as we would all uh, expect. But this year, it's probably going to be different. It feels like this team is different, Chuck, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you talk about well-rounded offense, defense, special teams. You mentioned Kyle Hamilton. The way they use Kyle Hamilton on defense, he's got to have such a big brain football-wise. He can cover. He can blitz. He's great in the box against the run. You don't find safeties that can do all that anymore. They're either like – we say, hey, he's a box safety, and we don't want him anywhere near man-to-man coverage or deep, or he's you know a deep safety, whatever. He does it all. He plays multiple positions, safety and base. They have a big nickel package where he plays the nickel back, and then when they go to sub and they bring in Millette, number 10, obvious pass downs, he's playing deep. So 
Kyle Hamilton's a dog. Oh, he's yeah. got long arms, too. Mm-hmm. He, his he's arms long. seem – he, I saw him reach down the entire offensive line and grab a guy mm-hmm. on a run play. It was like, this dude is everywhere. What a ball player. And both teams are, like, pretty healthy. I think that's the biggest thing with the Ravens. Like, when yeah. I hear that stat about them not winning a playoff game in the last nine years, it's like, well, usually they're dealing with, you know – Five different – Five, players. six, at least – usually Lamar is one of those. Lamar's – you know, he's been incredibly healthy. And, of course, you know, Keaton Mitchell and Dobbins, but also for the Niners, Hufanga. Like, they have had big injuries, but at least, like, the core-wise, when you look at it – I mean, look at the linebackers. It's Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen on one side, and then Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw on the other. Like, at every – kind of position for both teams the the matchups are just so awesome we're lucky to have it, it is a super bowl preview potentially sorry lamar Truly. i know you're only thinking about december right now and that's how you should be thinking but the rest of us are thinking about is this the vegas matchup now remember chargers still in this thing yeah okay chargers still in this thing good value hey now we got gift smith mm-hmm. okay doing his yeah, thing right and you got that other uh gentleman Named, yep. uh, uh, who's doing the interim GM? Uh, Ed Football. Yep. Mr. Football's yep. taking over the thing up there. Yep. It is, uh, the odds <laughs> Uh, let's talk about another gate happening up in New England. Well, again, what? I mean, there was news broken on the internet that surprised nobody. That's right. With how things have happened around New England. There was a report that the balls, <clears throat> We're actually underinflated uh, for the kickers this past weekend between the Kansas City Chiefs and the New England Patriots. Mm, now, obviously, that's not going to steal the headlines. Okay, people were talking about Kadarius Tony somehow having a ball balance on the top of his head and going to the other team's hands the other way. Bigger mm-hmm. deal. And they're talking about Travis Kelsey getting triple teamed and not getting as many fantasy points as everybody sure. expects or wants him to. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Mahomes showing emotion on the sideline. Yeah. I want to talk about what. Is the problem mm. in New England. Okay. Why are you singling out the kickers and attacking them? Let me tell you how the K-ball thing works. There's seven of them going into each game. Seven of them. This is brand new, out of the box, seven of them. They're numbered. Week 15-1. WK 15-2. WK 15-3. All the way to seven. Sure. Okay? Three through seven do not matter. Let me tell you why. Because you're given 30 minutes before the game. An equipment manager, one person representing each team under the guidance of a referee where you're allowed to have one like uh, brush mm-hmm. in one towel and you're allowed to break in the balls okay, for 30 minutes while you're being watched. Not allowed to utilize any extracurriculars, only sweat, but maybe a little spit, sure. side of brush. Some yep. equipment managers mm-hmm. do well and you got 30 minutes. Now, our guy, Frog, absolute dog. Mm-hmm. Now, Frog would have much better Christmas, maybe, than he would beforehand because of what he did. But if you're able to break those balls in, you're talking an extra 7 to 10 yards broken in balls, as opposed to balls 3 through 7 that are fresh out of a box and cooked. Normally, each equipment manager would take one ball. We got one ball. We're odd. You're the home team. You're one. We're two. Sweet. Those will be the balls we'll use. We'll break them in. We'll do our thing. Sometimes another team's kicker or punter will say, hey, our guy sucks. Okay, mm-hmm. our guy sucks. So we'll say, all right, we'll just use ball one the entire time today. No big deal. There has been times where kickers have screwed over other kickers and like told K-ball person that was holding them to throw in ball four or ball five oh. for like a game winner. And the football gods have come back and ruined those people's lives. That is something that has taken place. So the balls are a big deal. They're also very well known that these are the balls. There's a K-ball person that regulates them. There's only a few people that touch them and it's the game. 
So for the New England uh, Patriots, okay. yet again, Here we go. to be in a conversation of zeroing in on a target and trying to kill them, like yeah. you guys did to Harrison Bucker yep. and Tommy Townsend. Okay, oh. Harrison Bucker hadn't missed a kick all year. Tommy Townsend, one of the best in the NFL. First half, these guys aren't having the, the performances that we're used to. Harrison Bucker misses his first kick of the year. Yeah. First kick of the year. Ball goes to the right, and they closed in that stadium. It's a lot easier with the win now than it was like five years ago. Bucker doesn't miss that kick ever. Good snap, good hold, the kick, high, and then that thing slices out to the right. Wow. Actual movement from left to right. Wow. Then let's go to the Patriots kicker, shall we? Yeah, this guy misses a lot of kicks, but mm -hmm. in the first half, boom, pulls this thing left. He misses the whole net. He misses the whole net. The whole net. Yeah, that one got pushed. So I'm not saying, okay, and that thing's still moving in the air. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that Bill Belichick knew that this was happening. Sure. Uh, well. Because why would he send his kicker out, who is known to miss for a 40-some yarder with bad balls? Love Chad. But people need to know the operations of kicking, okay? So if you're an NFL kicker, that means you have a strong enough leg to be able to break through the barrier of the leather of the football. Normally pumped at like 13.1 PSI. This one was down at 11 PSI. Oh my God. So it's much softer. <clears throat> kickers do not want a soft ball. Okay, that is not what kickers want at all. Now, if you do not have a strong leg and you don't have the ability to crack into the, the bladder, the air bladder inside of it through the leather, you will not want a hard ball because you're not able to indent it, okay? So you don't want the ball too hard, like a rock, because sure. then you can't crack it, but you certainly want it as hard as possible if you're somebody who has a strong leg. If you have a strong leg and the ball's flat, that means your foot is breaking into the ball, okay? The ball is wrapping around your foot longer. Yeah. And then as it's being projected off your foot, it can... Okay, like it did with Harrison yep, Buckner, sure. known massive leg. Or like Chad Ryland, hang on your foot a little bit too long. You were righty, you spin, whoosh, that thing hook, hooks to the left. Yeah. This was an outright attack yep. mm -hmm. on the kickers and the punters. And for punters, the ball just, it's a, you're not going to be able to turn it over. Yeah. Just like baseball players mm -hmm. who are good hitters, they want that ball coming in harder. Because what do they say, Tone? Harder it comes in, harder it goes out. Same thing with kicking with the balls. So quarterbacks want a softer ball. Kickers want a hard ball. And somehow you guys do things that only benefit you guys. And I'm not saying it's organizationally, mm -hmm. but somebody's breaking into that building and trying to screw people. Yeah. And I don't like it one bit at all. Well, I mean, it didn't help us. We missed a field goal as well. And the funny thing about Yeah, but you guys always miss them. Yeah, yeah okay. Right. But once again, Bingo. just like Bill with, you know, Rodgers, we're not trying to do that. Uh, also, Chad Ryland, there, there's a massive difference between those two missed field goals. Buckers turned right a little, and then it kept going straight on that angle, and it hit the net. Chad Ryland, as he does, he missed the entire net behind the field goal post. That's going to happen. Is that 11 PSI number actually real? Because if it is, and the referee picks up a ball that's supposed oh. to be two PSI points after, that's on him. Now, also, I would assume long snapper's the one that felt it, and also when you kick You have up, to get caught. Punter, I, but as soon as you... I mean, I've there's been a couple balls that have snuck their ways into games that either had like a little bit of a leak or something. It, now, I don't know if I could do it now, six years removed from it all, but as soon as you touch a ball, I knew exactly. Like, like Giannis. Exactly. Yeah. Well, they what it was. Second half, did they switch the balls then? The Halftime, they got it figured out. I would assume they just inflated balls one and two. Is it possible that a ball loses that much air, Pat? Is it possible that a ball loses Especially two pounds with of the air? weather. Bill Nye, a science guy, yeah, said yeah, that. Yeah. He took it into account. Yeah, we went, in, we went into this in the first deflate gate, and actually, information was released after the punishment of deflate gate that they weren't deflated balls. It was the weather. But again, beside the 
point. But yeah, that can happen. I mean, we got to come in here and blow up these goddamn basketballs. Every these balls come fresh out of a box. Okay, they're being regulated by refs. I don't know how it continues okay. to happen up there because anybody that's around balls literally knows. Mm-hmm. You know, you know as soon as you feel. What was the question? Like the, aren't they under lock and key? Like you said, thirty. Like so, huh. and he's sitting there watching them do it. Right. Yeah. So how do they get air in? How do they get air out? There's a chance the New England Patriots are getting painted in a bad narrative here. Oh yeah, yeah little, little needle. No one can even see it. All you need is one little yeah. needle and just jab that sucker in there a little bit. Yeah, because if you do a. That's about half PSI right yep, there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No one's going to see that. No but, one can see you do but don't that. But why would they want to do They would want to tell. Well, Bill's They would want to tell Bill then. It's, it's got to be own, weather. It has to be weather. It's their own kicking ball. It's not like Bill's walking across. Like, hey, where's your guys kicking ball? I just want to, you know, see it for a second. Let's see how it feels. <laughs> Did they check them both right after? Both misses? Uh, Is that how it came to life? They're both in the first half. Yeah. I would assume punter and long snapper were like, hey, those balls are not. Yeah. Those balls are not. NFL balls. What are we doing here? That was why I hate Walt. That's why I hate Walt. Put ball seven in. Mm-hmm. Walt Anderson when we were in London. Yeah. I wow. caught it and I saw week whatever seven and I felt it. I'm like, what is this? So I go to the sideline. I go, Frog, what, were they not let you break in the balls? He goes, that was ball seven. Frog was all, I'll talk to him. Yeah. I'll talk to him. And I'm like, Walt Anderson, screw me. This guy. Because allegedly he just, because they have the head ref has to sign off on it at the end. So I guess, there's a story potentially mm. that Walt only signed off on later balls because the balls were too broken in potentially. Oh. Which our guy Frog, he was what he does. He was so the best shit. in the league. We're you talking about that? sweating onto it, mm-hmm. using his sweat like from his head dropping onto it. He come out of there drenched. It's like and it, literally as he comes out, that baby fucker. Yeah, he he was the best. You saw him doing the quarterback balls during oh, the yeah. week, right? Unbelievable. For the game. So how oh, come? Phenomenal commitment. I was going to say, because obviously the quarterback balls and the regular game balls you get to do ahead of the time during the week. Why is K-Ball's day of? Well, so there was a kicker who put the ball, uh, They, you know, what is it? Abuse leads to restrictions. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay, so there used to be Big K-Ball's. Song. There used to be quarterback balls. And the K-Ball's were beat to hell. Like yeah. they, they, You could bring your own K-Ball's. And as long as they had all the laces in line <laughs> and they looked like a Duke, you can do whatever you want. I've heard stories of these glorious balls that they used to kick that were just like basically Aussie rules football balls or like rugby balls. Yeah. They've been beat up for 15 weeks at practice and in games. Those things are – you got should prom- be able to kick them. Why yeah. would they take that away from kickers? Why not let's, – let's give the kickers every opportunity to make, it, make kicks. So I think what happened was – and I don't – I haven't researched it enough, but this is just like the known story. I think Mitch Berger – I think it was the name, Mitch Berger, shout out. Absolute dog, dog never Donnie's, got a ball. Donnie's dad. I think it was either Mitch Berger or somebody. I forget, maybe uh, maybe Todd, I don't know. There was somebody in, uh, yeah, that they were putting a ball in like the dryer, okay? Uh-huh. They like found an extra thing, okay. but the ball was so fat and it was so dull, there was something that took place where Brett Favre ended up having to throw it. Yeah. So it was like, was it going to be a field goal? Allegedly. Was it not going to be a field goal? And, like, the K-ball ended up during an actual play, and there was a big to-do. Like I think he threw a pick. Yeah, there was a big <laughs> there was a big to-do about it. Like, it was a massive ordeal. So then they regulated it, allegedly, like, the next offseason. They're, like, brand-new balls. So then guys for, like, three years were kicking brand-new balls right out of the box. Oh. Like, it would arrive at the game. They would open it up out of the box, and they would give it to the ref, and then the ref would throw it to you for kickoff. Like, that is how regular – very happy I was not in those times. Yeah. I would have not been mentally tough enough for that. But then enough people bitched, and then they got the 30-minute grace period to break these balls in as, as opposed to fresh out of the box, and that just kind of became the kind of became the thing. But, yeah, it all started with uh, 
a very beat up broken in ball just making its way into an actual real play and then all hell broke loose, which is always going to be the case. You know, anytime you take something too far, yep, yep. then it's going to go back the other way. Mm-hmm. You can't abuse it. But those balls, want them hard, AJ. You want those K balls hard. You want, don't you want it fat? Like, don't you want to kick a nice fat ball as well? Fat as hell, fat as hell, and hard. But not, there's some balls that are too hard, you know? Like, there's some equipment managers coming in. We, we want that thing, you know, pretty hard or whatever. And they've never done it before. And it actually shows up. And I'm like, uh, I get what you're saying. I, I, I understand how we said what we said. But also, I, I don't know if anybody's going to be able to break this one. So there's just a couple of those. Mm-hmm. Balls are flying, baby. Balls are absolutely flying. Warm-up kicks for the olds, normally with a flat ball. So it doesn't uh, hurt the quad as you're sure. waking it up. Vinatieri would kick a flat ball for, like, 20, 20 minutes or so mm. before Daisy would kick. He had, like, a 45 to an hour routine that he would do towards like the end. Stretching and everything. Every oh single day. God. Just to kick like one ball. Cool. Jeez. His commitment was he was a machine. Absolute machine. He was doing the whole body guru stuff, right? Yeah, he had. Yeah. I think he was doing the TV guy. Stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. The pliability. Look yeah. at him now. The dude is jacked right now. Jocked. I saw him two weeks ago. Mike. He's getting bigger. That He's ham- getting that anvil? So awesome. Power lifter. He did. He tried to break the anvil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shook it so jacked. Speaking of the anvil, don't look now, okay? Don't look now. It's holiday season. You probably want to be distracted. You don't want to wake up to the facts, okay? I understand that. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about little old Indianapolis, like the Colts. Second hottest team in the NFL, AJ. Whoa. Second hottest team in the NFL. Thank you to James Palmer for doing some real journalism mm-hmm. and looking things up. Only the 49ers, 6-0, they're a wagon, yeah. which is why we feel the way we feel sure. about the 49ers, have a better record than the Colts in the last six weeks, 5-1. Huh? Whew. Five and one. In the one loss, not great. Against the Bengals, Jake Browning's a dog. Sure. sure. Jake Browning is a beast. Stud. We, they did what they had to do. Now, their fans were certainly a part of that as well. It was a great atmosphere over there. But this Colts team, we might actually, hey, when do you get hot? The right time. Why not the Indianapolis Colts? November, December ball. We just kicked two guys off the team? Yes. yes. Yeah. We did Isaiah McKenzie and a. They wouldn't say why. Yeah, so I, I Tony assume. Brown. Tony Brown. There it is. I haven't heard. I, I reached out. They did not tell me. They said, well, I will talk about it off season or something. Hmm. Certainly warranted, though. I'm like, yeah. What could, what could it be to boot it off the team? Yeah, you don't see that happen very often. They, they clean out their locker. So yeah. Spending the rest of the season, but then they clean out their locker as well, which is a statement. Mm. Isaiah McKenzie. It's good culture. Isaiah McKenzie he's, is a lightning rod. Yeah. Killed the Patriots. Yeah, he's a player. I mean, it's like, mm. so I appreciate the fact that they're in the middle of this run right now. And it's like, yep, you two. Bingo. Conduct detriment on the team. You're not being around anymore. And then they're just moving on. It's like, hey, what? can you give us a little clarity of what happened? No, we'll talk about it. It's like, okay, I guess. I guess. Is that what – does nobody know? That's what I said. You know, yeah, team knows, but nobody outside the building. I'm like, oh, well, good on you. I actually – I appreciated that that was the way they want it. But that's a pretty massive move to a team that is the second hottest in the NFL whenever you need to be hot, A.J. Hawk. No question. That, that's what I wanted to ask Chuck. Have you ever been presented with a situation like that, Chuck, where you have to boot somebody off the team or suspend it for multiple weeks? No, not like that. Not for the rest of a season. You know, and who knows if they make the playoffs, if they get to come back or whatever. But speaks volumes to the, you know, Shane Steichen, yeah. the organization. Number one, doesn't get out. You know, before, you know, yeah. before, I should have you, know, be, you know, before, for sure. That would, everybody would have known, like, with, like that, right? Yes. Doesn't get out, and you set the tone. They're mm-hmm. good players. Tony Brown's a good player. Isaiah, McC- good player. We ain't tolerating that. 
I love so it. you're nipping that. It's, it goes back to Shane Steichen and why we're all you know rooting for him for Coach of the Year and the job that he's done. He's built a culture of accountability, and you're not going to get away with shit. I love the fact that Shane Steichen was on our show yesterday. Yeah. At the same exact time that was being announced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we missed it. We missed it. But he would have had to answer it if we didn't miss it. Yeah. So And he still showed up. You know, it was like he would have taken it head on, I assume, like he has everything else. That guy only, we're doing ball here. Okay, we're doing ball here. Now, a couple of the sources Says. that I have around the building is like his attention to detail is something that everybody appreciates. He's like just ball coach. I think we're seeing him being missed yeah, in Philadelphia. Sure. Absolutely. Especially whenever you hear what uh, Jason Kelsey said on the New Heights podcast about not being disciplined and everything like that. It's like, I think Shane Steichen's that guy, AJ. I think that's the style of coach yeah. that he is. And whatever happened with the guys getting kicked off the team, like that has an effect for years to come. Why, as, as long as Shane Steichen is there, like, hey, man, we can't mess around. Like, you know, even guys coming in two, three years from now, if they're messing around doing something like a vet, can be like, hey, I'm just letting you know, dude. Like, they, he kicked guys off the team when we were in the playoff hunt. Week 16, 5 and 1, second hardest team in the NFL. Have all the pieces if we need it. Everybody's playing right. Two guys that play, kicked them off the team. Yeah. So yep. just something to think about if you want to, maybe. I, Definitely warranted. Yeah, if it's warranted, they did something wrong, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Hope it's not an email of Buka. Yeah, hopefully it's yeah. not Udoka. Don't Udoka want that. Is. Don't want that to happen. I just immediately assumed another gambling type thing. That would have got, got, right? got out, right? That would have got out. That'd be you the league, think. right? Because that'd be league off the NFL. Haven't heard a lot of that. Good. No, right. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we were very worried that that was going to be the yeah. thing. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah, like, how are they going to regulate this? How are they going to monitor it? How are guys not going to get caught? Can't even use fake names. Guys are using their aunt's mm-hmm. name. They're catching that. It's like in the hotel, you're in a state that's legal. There's a basketball game. You're in the parking lot of a hotel and away game. That's technically NFL property because you're there for the team. Does that count as a thing? It's like they had to really – they had to sort through a lot of stuff yeah. quickly, and they did. Good on them. Mm-hmm. Good on the NFL. See, man, the players yeah. adapting and not doing it. Have you seen the NBA players who have been gambling? Because it's hilarious. I, I believe it was Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm sure we're going to see it on Christmas, too. Josh Hart woke up and tweeted, like, need our parlays to hit today, boys. Who's scoring a touchdown? So uh, he's, like, leaning uh, into oh. it almost. Uh, yeah. I'm sure Adam Silver loved that. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure he absolutely he, loved it. When he talks about gambling, he's it's he, part of the program. Yeah, he loves it. He's yeah. about it. It's they, part have of the the same, they have the same rules? Probably. Uh, yeah, can't bet on your own. I believe, or but damn it. like in the facility at the hotel. I don't know about probably. That. Yeah, I would, I would assume. I would assume that is. You just, assume most of those guys would just be like, okay, in here, no, on the sidewalk. I got to go to Arby's. I got to yeah. no. How about you just don't ever put an app on your phone, and how about you just don't gamble? Well, that's a and good way to look at it. That's the easiest way. I think a lot of people are doing that, and I think uh, it's a good idea. You know, because it'll be here whenever you retire. It'll always be here. Yes. And it's more regulated and better than it's ever been. It'll be there when you retire. But if you got a good lean on an NBA game, I'm happy the fact that the NFL was like, all right, you guys, if you think you know everything, and this is another income you think, you do what you got to do. We just got to be smart about it. Speaking of being smart about it, KZ got suspended the rest of the season as well. Whoa. Hey, DeMonte KZ, am mm-hmm. I saying it right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers safety. We, uh, we, we were there for this hit. That took place, and uh, it led to him being suspended for the rest of the season. Playoffs included, I do believe. So that's a lot of money being taken out of his pocket. And uh, 
He can come back for playoffs? If they make, I mean. Okay, so it's just the rest of the season. Um, multiple offenses, they say, with this particular guy. But there's been an interesting reaction from very notable people in the football community. Tom Brady actually showed up in the Instagram comments and said, nobody likes seeing players get hurt, okay? Let me set the, prep, the tone here. Yeah. But hard hits happen. QB should not be throwing the ball in areas where they are exposing their own teammates to these types of hits. Coaches need to coach better. QBs need to read coverages and throw the ball to the right places, and defenders should aim for the right hitting areas. To put the blame on the defense player all the time is just flat out wrong. Need better quarterback play. It's not okay, quarterbacks, get, to get your wide receivers hit because of your bad decisions. This is not the first time that Tom Brady, you saw 103,000 likes on it. Here's Tom Brady speaking publicly about this entire setup, about him knowing when and where to throw the rock to. It's not being taught the right way. Like a quarterback should only throw the ball to certain places because your receiver is in danger of getting hit. For example, when I used to play against Ray Lewis, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't throw the ball to the middle (laughs) of the field because he would – he he'd go after you, and he would hit like, and we didn't always have the biggest receivers, but he would hit them and knock them out of the game. Mm. And now, any every hard hit is a penalty on the defense. So I feel mm. like they penalize defensive players for offensive mistakes. Mm. So like, if a quarterback, uh. I was watching the Chicago Bear game, <laughs> the, the, quarter, the quarterback like, messes up, doesn't see the blitzer. And, or the line screws up. I don't know what happened. But the quarterback or the line on offense, the defensive player comes in and hits him hard, and they throw a flag on the defense. So they've almost moved the protection of your opponent to you as opposed to where it should be, which is on yourself. Like if you're a quarterback, you got to protect yourself and your players. It shouldn't be the responsibility of your opponent to protect you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a real – it creates really bad habits for players because – you feel like I can basically do anything. I could run and not slide. I can throw the, my receiver into any coverage and not have any repercussion for it. The only thing they're going to do is they're actually going to blame the defensive player mm-hmm. for making a good, solid hit, and now the defensive player is going to feel like, oh, I can't do that, mm-hmm. even though I feel like it was an offensive mistake. So in the end, I think it's a really disservice oh God, to the sport because yeah. the sport isn't being played at a high level like I believe that it once was. It actually deteriorates because you're not teaching the players – the reasons and the fundamentals of what the sport should be. Okay, I mean, hey, real wow. mm-hmm. real statement there. And he's old-school football player, obviously. Played a long time, started in the NFL when it was vastly different. I think they were still doing three days in training camp, and obviously the CBA was nowhere near protecting players like it is now. What he was saying, though, I think a lot of defensive players are like, here, here, to what Tom Brady's saying. AJ, it's hard not to understand what he's saying, though, and have massive appreciation for it being the common-sense side of things. Yeah, it does seem to make a lot of sense what he's saying, but also at the same time, we see how tough it is to play quarterback in the NFL. Everybody is not Tom Brady and can put the ball exactly where you want it to hey, every partner. time. Hey, Gardner, yeah, know that the guy's, guy's there. Yeah. Okay, know that yeah. the guy's there. Don't throw it like that. Throw it on his chest. Mm-hmm. Okay, don't throw it seven yards in front of him. That's what he's – and it is funny to think that Tom Brady's just like – why doesn't everybody just win the seven Super Bowl? Easy. That's kind of what's happening. <laughs> I understand this. I get it. I understand what he's saying. I, I agree with him. I think it's awesome. I just think that's kind of hard to execute for everybody in the NFL right now. Chuck, you defense coordinators have to love hearing that, though, but I don't know if that's going to change anything for old. No, Roger it's almost it's impossible to play because if you look at KZ on that play, what's he supposed to do? There's no strikes on And but, he leads shoulder. Yeah. And he goes, you slow it down, right? And it is all shoulder. And these plays, there's going to be some incidental contact. And 
in real time, bang, bang plays, it's like, okay, how many flags got thrown? Yeah, him. Every one, official, two, three, all seven, everyone threw one, right? And then right in the middle of the street, let's, let's, this guy's out. He's done. Like in the old days, you can't play defense anymore. They want, they want the defender to just sit there and let him catch that ball, AJ, uh, AJ and then tag him down if he, if he makes a catch. And then to Tom's, Tom's point, and AJ's right, not every guy can read and process all these you know, coverages that well to say, hey, you can't overthrow on this one, but on this one you can. But I can see offensive coaches saying, hey, let that thing fly. Go anywhere you want it because they can't hit you. And if they do, we hope you don't get hurt. You know, we hope you survive the you survive the hit, but we're gonna get we're gonna get a personal foul. Pop Sacrifice because, for the team, yeah. Sacrifice your body for the yeah, squad. Absolutely. Fifteen yards. Yeah, Mike Mitchell, yeah. Uh, who's safety coach for the Indianapolis Colts, former Pittsburgh Steeler. I don't know what to tell my safeties anymore. I just, he's a safety coach right now. I just let them catch it. If I were a wide receiver, I would dive for every catch. That would ensure no contact on a completed pass. Playing deep safety in today's NFL, where rules are made mostly by people who have never played, is tough. This guy's current coach in the NFL for the Indianapolis Colts right now, and it's because of that play. And Michael Pittman, by the way, to his credit, never complained. He didn't say anything. He said, I'm good. I'm back. He was in protocol, Uh I think, for a little bit. He wasn't, like, calling for KZ and everything. The entire field, though. Players and coach took a knee around Michael Pittman, by the way, on the field. I think he went to a commercial break. Yeah. Everybody on the field took a knee almost like, yeah, it was pretty uh that was pretty heavy, that was pretty heavy contact right there. And they showed the replay and he gets folded up. And there was a boo for Casey, obviously, because the Colts definitely want a penalty on that. Yeah. Uh, it was an incompletion. Let's get a fifteen yarder for sure. But also our guy, one of our guys we like, just got yeah. hit in a way that doesn't happen a lot in the NFL. And then Casey also goes like this <laughs> yeah. immediately afterwards. Like he thought that hey, I did a shoulder, no catch. Like in his head for a moment. He was like, Yeah, that's a good play. Yeah. And yeah. then five flags hit the ground. And then now he's suspended for the rest of the season. I mean, what a wild point of view for Casey. Happy no serious injuries happened. Yeah. And we understand that the NFL is going to continue to evolve so that the game can continue to exist. Because with all the concussion, you know, Dr. Will Smith yep. and yeah. CTE and everything that happened, they have to player safety, everything. You know, and I say this because there's a lot of other decisions that are being made that aren't like player safety in mind. But if it involves head... It involves everything that was being brought to the light when they were trying to kill the game. The NFL is just going to continue to evolve, and I don't think they care. Mike Mitchell, though, we understand completely where they're coming from. Well, it's just tough, too, because, like, as a fan, like, at the end of the day, and everyone who played in the NFL talks about it, like, it's very physical. It's very violent. Like, it it just is. That's why we like the game. Exactly, and that used to be, like, a part of it, you know, like, when – like, in the early 2000s or whatever, like, that was a massive part of it. Like, you know, with Ray Lewis, it's like, hey – we can't really we can't really throw over the middle today because like guys are going to remember that and there there actually are consequences but like that play i mean what what do you expect him to do like it is like you're you're handicapping these guys and handcuffing them and then you know to to suspend him for the rest of the season on top of it it's like a, that wasn't the intention it's not like he's trying to hurt him but i guess it you know it is what it is hey it's bang bang play and that's the way the new nfl is everybody's just got to understand and deal with it i guess and it's going to continue to go ratings are only going up so is the money mm-hmm. we don't like the kz was suspended for the rest of the season very happy that michael pittman's okay and uh these conversations are only going to continue to get louder by yep. ex-players who continue to have platforms and then with the rules changing into a new game let's talk about a new game since Joe Brady has been the offense coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, mm-hmm. this man has been a focal point. Mm-hmm. And there's a new statement going on around Buffalo. Oh, yeah. They say, let, let 
James Cook. The James that they're talking about wanting to cook is actually the running back for the Buffalo Bills. Absolute stud. This past weekend, he rushed 25 times for 179 yards and a tud. Had two catches, 42 yards, and another tud. Ladies and gentlemen, James Cook. Yeah, James. How you doing, man? How y'all doing? Hey, I was told potentially they call you Jimbo. Is that real? Jimbo's the name? Yeah. We hate it. We love it. Oh, you got to love it. Okay, so Jimbo Cook's joining us here. Uh, <laughs> Jimbo, it feels like everybody's talking about the Buffalo Bills being a wagon at this point, playing the hottest and best football that you've played all year. You are obviously much more of a focal point. Do you feel the momentum in the building in the offense? And is it Joe Brady? Is that the person that we can point to for why you guys are playing the way you're playing? I mean, you could point at anybody once you win it, you know. Um, we go out here each and every week and just, just, just work hard, you know. Um, back against the wall, just go one and zero every week. Go ahead, AJ. Do you? Uh, I, you can kind of do it all as a running back. You know, you can you catch the ball in the backfield, catch the ball down the field. Obviously, unbelievable routes that you can run. Whoever they put on you, it seems like it's impossible to cover. But do you take pride in kind of being an all-around guy that can do everything. Uh, of course, you know the more you can do, the more the more balls you can get. Um, you know, and the more you can help, it, it, it it's awesome. So, I mean, I love um, being a dual threat, and the more times I can get the ball, it, it, it's, it's a plus for me. I think we just learned that uh, the offense or the offensive line, or maybe the team got Josh Allen a new ATV or a quad. Ooh. Is this accurate? And is this breaking news? Is this happening right now as we yeah, speak? They just they just put it. They just pushed it up. He almost ran somebody over right there. Yeah, I, whoa. I, I, I thought he was a cowboy. And this guy, cowboy? Yeah, Wyoming. <laughs> he did on purpose. Hell? hell yeah. He's, he's out there on a bike out there. He's almost running some people over. We Kill appreciate yourself. Vibes much higher these days, yeah, when you're winning, obviously, in the building? Yes, sir. What was it like? Was there a different feeling over the last couple of years whenever maybe you guys weren't playing your absolute best ball? And when you have it back, do you guys acknowledge it and talk about it? I mean, yeah, you got to, um, you know, you, you talk about your, your losses and your wins, and you just learn from, from both, and, and you fix it and you get better. James, we saw a play early in the game where you and the offensive line drove the Dallas Cowboys like eight yards here. This is first quarter, first drive. Is this a tone setter for you boys? Because it felt like, you know, we saw the Deion Dawkins block where he goes 20 yards down the field, embodies somebody. Was it a focus on being more physical than the Dallas Cowboys? Well, of course, you know, that's always the mindset going in, into a game, you know, out physical to opponent. And, and that run, that, that run was a mindset and a, and a statement, you know, got the fans hyped, got everybody hyped. So we just carried that momentum on and, and, and handled business. When you're in the middle of that scrum, what are we trying to do? We're trying to keep our feet alive, or how, how's it going whenever you're – go ahead. I'm trying to protect the ball. <laughs> oh, we're just here. We're here right now. Trying not to go down. You understand which way is the right way we're trying to get to, and then just masses of humanity just start pushing you around and you, you just enjoy the ride? Yeah, just hold on to the ball. I mean, that is – they don't call the plate dead either. No. no. Awesome. Which is a beautiful thing, a little throwback football. Uh, okay, uh, we appreciate you making time. We know you have a meeting, and you had meetings, and we got an ATV. The bills are a wagon. You're cooking like a great chef right now. Hell right? yeah. Like a great chef. We appreciate you, man. Good luck this week. Appreciate y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, James Cook. Yeah, Jimbo. Yeah.
So it was supposed to come on at a time. Meeting ran long. Mm-hmm. Then they had GIF. And then now they okay. got another meeting. Yeah. That ATV is sweet. That ATV was sweet. Yeah, Josh. Was that he, Polaris? What was that? Uh, I don't know. It's pretty nice. That's he did it on sweet. purpose. He he mm-hmm. swerved to try to look. He swerved like to scare the guys. Yeah, awesome. he said, "Little wake up." He just wanted ha. Oh, he's right, right, right. Oh. more juice than he anticipated. <laughs> yeah, that must yeah, have been it. For real. We call those quads where yeah. I am from. Yes, we do. Midwest calls them ATVs. Quad. You call them quad as well. Four-wheeler. Uh, there's people that call them bikes. There's people that call them four-wheelers. There's different styles of ATVs and mines. There's a side-by-side. Yeah. There's obviously the the big boy. Mm-hmm. That, that one, though, I have multiple gator. of those since moving out here to Indiana. Those are a good time, bro. You can Snow, get those snowmobile things. probably more fitting, right? So I've never uh, I've never done a snowmobile. No, that doesn't snowmobile. Very fun. They're so fun. So, yeah, you the got, best. You find a yeah, place. I want to go go where there's snow and go do that. AJ, have you ever done? It? I've never lived in a place where there's enough snow or made the trip to a place where there's enough snow. But I've heard it's a great time. I want to do the thing where you go like take a snowmobile tour through the mountains yeah. or something, or you yes. just go yes. cruise for a long time. That's yeah. what I want to do. Yeah, me too. But I, I'm going to need to make sure wherever we're going has electricity because there's some of those yeah. things you're signing up for. It's like what was the temperature mm-hmm. and where are we staying? Well, we will set up camp. I'm I ain't way heck yeah, yeah. Okay. tent. We took the now. I want to come back to the lodge afterwards. Yeah, go out like that. yeah that camp right. better have a good base. Yep. Concrete, electricity, <laughs> all those, all those, all those ski resorts got a uh, got uh, tours like that. Snowmobiles. I've That's heard they're just sweet. the quads of the snow. Yeah, right? yeah, they're incredible. They're going like 100 miles an hour. You can really get oh, going yeah. on them. Yeah. Damn. I got in the jet skis as of late, going 65, wide open on the lake, mm-hmm. patrolling the land. Have to. Water, I mean. Had to do it. Yeah, it's a good time. You know, the Rednecks, they have good time. Oh, yeah. They, they got do. a lot more fun stuff and toys yeah. than others. Anyways, Smart. that is uh, Coaches Up Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow with an overreaction. Beautiful Friday as we launch into the Christmas weekend. See ya. Nailed it. Let's go. Right in there. Let's go. Hop back. How about next week? Next week on ESPN, a couple different days, we're leading into a bowl game on ESPN. At 2 o'clock, they're kicking off. So it's like as we're wrapping up, you know, Tone's going to run through. Oh, yeah. Here's what we need to know about. Uh, Bowling Bowling Green in Minnesota one day. Is it SMU Clemson? You know who's doing the games, too? You can throw to the guys in the booth, whoever's the play-by-play and the color person. Well, the issue is we stop with seven minutes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Didn't so, go right to it. So I don't know, you know, because the commercial free hour. Shout out to uh, Sea Geek. Yep. Shout out to Verizon. Yep. Hell yeah. Shout out to DoorDash. I guess there's a couple more coming on board here pretty soon. Ooh. Yeah. I guess there was, uh, you know, they wanted to, to see how it works. Sure. You know, how's this? How's it work? You're not taking commercials. Mm-hmm. No. That doesn't. What do we? Hmm. How's that? We needed the commercials to sell the stuff. That's what. Commercials are the... That's how we do it. (laughs) That was awesome. Those conversations were phenomenal. You know what I mean? Phenomenal. Just like, how would What are we... So... That makes no sense. I can't do that. I mean, it's pretty awesome, though, that it's commercial-free. Like, that's a a big deal. It doesn't happen. Just not... It will, though. This Saturday. Fourth quarter, yeah. Yeah, you might change, but I'm saying until now, like, that's... That doesn't happen. That's, digi- that's internet. You yes. Know? That's like internet digital yeah. stuff. It's like, uh, you know, it's hard to be a conversation show and have to take a break every eight minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, that is not a necessarily good thing. But did we want to go to linear television? Yeah. I think, you know, is our show yeah. going to be great for linear? We will find out. You know, we will find out over the next couple of years. We'll yep. see what people think and how that whole thing goes. But as the platforms continue to grow everywhere else, it's like, do we, you know, is it time to maybe not go to a commercial every eight minutes? Yeah. You know, is this the right thing? And then 
getting people to understand that have made money a long time doing something. No, you got a commercial break every eight minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we sell these 30 second ads and nobody listens to yeah, them. Mando. And then you come back and guess what? Restart a conversation. Yep. That's <laughs> welcome TV. Can't do that with guests, though. Because then you, know, you got eight minutes. It takes five minutes for that Wait, person. we just did what James Cook would be every time. Every single person. Yeah. yeah. I'm late. I got no time. Yep. Great to be here. Sweet. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you think James Cook will look back and they say, I'm happy I did that. Yeah. 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 I, I think, think so. I bet he will. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't think so. <laughs> no, I think he checked that box. I think yeah. next week when he has, you know, 150 and two more tuds, he can just say, hey, I'm not doing any fucking interviews. I did, did my one McAfee. Last week? I, did, I just did my McAfee on Thursday. You saw me. Pull it. Pull yeah. the clip. Mm-hmm. I was there. I was there. Second hour. The second hour. ATV talk. All right. Let's get to a break. We got Bill Cower in the next hour. Hell yeah. Woo! Bill Cower will join us. Coach Pagano will give his official pick for Thursday Night Football. 9-4-1, Chuck. Pretty good. Damn good. We're getting 10. We're getting double-digit. Yes. Here we go. I feel good about this one. Oh, yeah? Really got a $10 good. bill for it? Really good. Which way are you leaning, Chuck? MCDC, five. What's that? MCDC did the five. You did the five. I was oh, saying, yeah, is there yeah. a $10 bill? Because You've been very kind to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of jumped off that wagon a little bit. Who? Oh, Chuck, there's still a lot of time left. I wouldn't be bumping your gums with another hour coming up. <laughs> what? He's, he's hard on me, Pat. What's that all about? Yeah. He's got, I don't know what I did to him. Well, well, I, we found out the other day. Funny old man, yeah. bumping your gums. I mean, <laughs> what do? We what talked, do you do? We talked the other day about this because it has been brought up to him a couple of times. Like, hey, the way you talk, Chuck, too much. Very you know, rude. rude. Yeah, Chuck, good guy. Chuck yeah, obviously handles it. Football guy. Mm-hmm. Chuck gave him an incredible Christmas gift. Yep. Phenomenal. Yeah, great gift. Thank you for my gift as well. I'm wearing them right now. Boom. Boom. Chuck got me these. How's Boom. the hamstring? Pretty good. Ooh, How's the hamstring? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Good knee bend. Good buddy at home, Poncho Romero. Shout out to Poncho. 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 That's the name of Stone Cold Steve Austin's barn cat yep. as well, yep. Poncho. Rest in peace, Lefty. Good banana bread. So do you know why? Heidi Ho's. Banana bread, phenomenal. Do you know his wife that is? No. Nope. Ken Dilger. Really? Yes. Holy hell, Ken Dilger is a former tight end. Yeah. Does a lot of commercials here in Indianapolis. Real estate guy, I think. He's on the program with uh, AC. You know, the he program. does that TV countdown to mm-hmm. kick there off is. with him. A lot of TV for That's Ken. how AC gets the banana bread from Heidi Ho. <laughs> the banana bread's a real deal. Great. Unbelievable. Dude. This has been one of the most obnoxiously put into our office things, this banana bread. <sighs> so good. Cinnamon on top. Yep. That's so good. Oh, That's the key. The cinnamon's the key. Moist. The it's whole thing so moist. moist. So moist. So moist. He brought in, what, 15 of them too yeah. today. Here you go, boys. Get diabetes before Christmas. Hell yeah. You got it. I don't take anything <laughs> personal. You know that. Well, you know why? We found out. Smart. Yeah, I I explained because I thought about it on my own. And do you know when I met you? Do you know like what year or what day? Uh I I don't, but I just know that every single day and year of my life up until meeting you, I hated you because you were just the Colts head coach. That is where it comes from. I get that. The first time we met in person was I think you came over to the Conrad. We had some tickets to it. Oh, game. yeah. That was a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. Pat had tickets. You pulled up on a, tr- a deal and got you whatever. Yeah. That's Talk. the first time. Mm-hmm. Napped it up. I felt like this is going to be a really, really good relationship. And it has been. <laughs> it has been. How about now? How do you feel about now? I feel awesome about it. I love Conrad. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hi. Right. Oh. Yeah. Two Maybe football guys. It's Christmas, too. Maybe be a little kinder. Yeah. yeah. I haven't said anything in two hours. And now you guys bringing this up is making me want to say stuff. Bumping your gums, old man. Yeah. That's you, you were kind of leaning into it. A exactly, because <laughs> he brought it up. He acknowledged it. 
You could just not acknowledge it and just hope it doesn't change. Usually it doesn't. It's not just you. Yesterday he, he told JJ he wants none of his stupid fucking gifts. That's so. true, because I don't. Yeah, so it seems like he has a little personal demons to figure out. Yeah. That's what we're saying. Mm-hmm. He's uh, working through them, shit. Yeah, he is looking uh, It's just New England versus the world, and it's always been that way. No, it's Detroit versus everybody. Yeah, yeah they, thank oh, you. Ohio versus the world. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, it's it's going to be a while. I think for that program. Believe me, that's what I said. You're going to be miserable for a long time. That's what I said yesterday. You think Bill's gone or no? That That's a hard one. I don't think so. No way. I mean, look, look what's happening in some of these teams who are on the bottom. Absolutely. You've mentioned it about the the one-score games in the season. We've had seven one-score games. And look at some of the teams that are one-score games. Eagles, Dolphins. The year we were 2-14, and 14, nine of those games, one-score games. Bingo. It's like, if the ball just so happens to bounce into some fourth stringer's arms that we were playing that week, <laughs> and he runs into the end zone, we win. Yep. And it's a complete opposite game. But instead... No balls bounced in any four stringers' arms. Yeah. They bounced in everybody else's arms. We week, just got murdered. Week one against the Eagles. Time. Fourth and 12. Guy catches it, only gets one foot down, game over. Mm. And that was in the red zone. Chad Ryland. Chad Ryland. Giants. Giants. <laughs> right there. there. There's a lot of that this year. That's why you just can't fire him. All right, like, Bill. Who, Cal- who are you going to shoot? I'm sorry. No, no, no. Like, who are you going to replace Bill with? Brandon Staley. Like, until the grass is greener. Brandon Staley. Yeah. Mayo. <laughs> why not? And then who's your replacement with GM? They're not going to. That's the question. Who's going to be the GM there? That's another thing. Like that's tough. It's uh, It's getting a lot. It's Elliot Wolf, I believe. It's it's the guy who stepped up once. Ziegler. Yeah, I know Elliot. Yeah, yeah. To to Chuck's grooming comment. Elliot came to the University of Miami to go to school. Mm -hmm. Legendary father, right? Yeah. And the Wolf, Ron. Ron Wolf, unbelievable, unbelievable. Just got released in Colorado. <laughs> Five of them. He was breaking down oh, yeah. video VHSs for me down there. Elliot? Yeah. Now look at him. Yep. He's a stud. He's a stud. Football is happening tonight as week 16 of the NFL season kicks off in Los Angeles as the Rams play host to the Saints. That man has won a Super Bowl championship. He has also been the all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers. That's A.J. Hawk. What a jawline. Merry Christmas, A.J. Merry Christmas, A.J. Merry Christmas. Now, Merry Christmas, jo- all of you. Your jaw normally the best in all of sport, normally. but I do believe the man we're about to have join us might have outjawed you for some time. The Toxic Table is here at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. Great mustache, Con man. Thank you very much. I'm very happy this guy's on the show today just because, you know, two guys who have mustaches. Well, I was about to say, normally on this particular program, yeah. you would have the best mustache mm-hmm. on this particular show, but that might change with the man we're about to bring on here in just a matter of moments. One half of the hammer, God. Cowboys, Tone Diggs is here. Normally. You would be the biggest Pittsburgh guy on our particular program, but that might change uh-huh. here in a matter of moments whenever the guy joins us in 36 years. As a coach of football, 18 in college, 18 in the NFL, Chuck Pagano is here. Yeah. Now, Coach, you would normally be the only coach that would be joining us for the third <laughs> hour here on Thursdays, and you'd be giving us your pick for Thursday Night Football. But instead, today, we have somebody who is maybe the most dynamic Yinzer in the history of Yinzers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's from Crafton, obviously. Uh-huh. The guy's got an incredible Yinzer accent. But he would actually go on to be the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He would win a Super Bowl for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. And now he represents 
every single week on CBS on Sunday on the kickoff show after he brings J.J. Watt donuts and other pastries that I assume J.J. would never eat. Ladies and gentlemen, legend, Bill Carr. Hey, Pat, gang, AJ, good to see you. Hey, Coach. Austin, yeah, hi. Yeah, yeah. yeah, here we go. Hey, every, coach. hey, Coach, great to have you. I like Tone, Tone. I, I, got, I got Tone with the helmet there, and Chuck's got the helmet. I like this. Okay. Hey, Coach, go. you're good. welcome back yeah. anytime. We are very thankful. <laughs> what do you think of this mustache? What do you think of this stash? It's pretty new to this guy. No, I, I, boss, I like it. I, I look forward to his shirts every time on the show, though. I like, you know, the, the, the history behind it and the passion with which he wears the shirts. I, I like the passion. Yeah, you saw now, the dog, the bounty hunter. Yeah, he lost his mind with dog, the bounty hunter, on Jesse the other day. He certainly got mad. How about, how about jaw lines on AJ? I, I, you know, you got to respect and appreciate that. Absolutely. AJ's got it. He looks like an inside linebacker coming out of the womb. He probably looked like an inside linebacker. He was he's got that face. He's chiseled. I love it. I think we look a lot alike, actually. Yeah, super handsome men. <laughs> appreciate that. Since birth. Yeah, that's a great call. Wow. Yeah. Good for you, AJ. Let's go. What a day. I feel great. Okay, coach. Uh because yeah. of, you know, the hard nose, tough style of human and football player and coach that you were, I assume you have to love where we're sitting at right now in this NFL season. Top of the NFC is a tough team in the 49ers who take a lot of pride in coming off the bus. They're intimidating. Going on the field, they're intimidating. Their style of play is a very physical one, and it's not fake. It's not Fugazi toughness. It's actual toughness. And then you go with the Baltimore Ravens at the top of the AFC, same exact thing. Like, they are a tough team, built to be tough. They do their – it's hard-nosed football at the top of the brackets right now. I assume you enjoy that. And what do you think about the two teams that are at the top right now? Who's most likely at this point, you think? Well, good litmus test we're going to get this weekend, right? They're matching up against each other, and it's going to be a good test. But I think you're right. I I do like the fact that these teams – their identity is probably around running the football and playing defense. And they got quarterbacks that can make plays. They got playmakers at the skilled positions. But I think a lot of these, both these teams, it starts with their play on the, on the line, it, offensively and defensively. Uh, they are, it starts up there with that physicality that they have, their ability to control the line of scrimmage, and let the other guys do their thing. So uh, this will be a great litmus test. I think the one thing that it's interesting, I think when you watch San Francisco coming into this game, they had a little bit of a test of going against a very mobile quarterback last week in Kyler Murray, right, against Arizona. So Kyler's running around and doing all those things. Now you're going against Lamar, same type of guy that's going to extend the play. The coverage has to stick, as we call plaster, and stay on things longer. Um, you got to anticipate the you know untimed, uh, the, the ability to keep drives going with with plays that sometimes you're just going to win. He's just going to make a super athletic play. So, And then, you know, you, you look on the other side, and you look at this team in, in San Francisco, no one's playing any better than them right now. That's how everybody feels, Bill. It's like Baltimore has heard that, though. They're using that and drawing from that as, oh, uh, they're the best team in football. They feel the exact same way. It's a beautiful Week 16 matchup. Go ahead, AJ. Coach, if you were a, a D coordinator and you were facing this San Francisco offense, like, where do you start? Like, how, what do you tell your team on like Wednesday install? Hey, this is our plan. This is what we do. This is how we're going to slow these guys down or stop them. Like, where do you even begin? That's interesting, Jay. On Sunday on the uh, CBS NFL Today, I did a breakdown. We talked about the San Francisco 49ers. And I said, if I was going against them, so I, st- I studied them. Um, so I went to go back to that three-game losing streak. Who played them the best? So I went back and watched the Cleveland Browns, and they beat them at the same time. You had Debo out there. Trent was out there. They didn't finish the game, 
but you had all the pieces were right there. And the thing I would just say, number one, is you have to play eight-man boxes. You have to stop the run first. If you don't stop the run, it's going to be a long day and nothing else really matters. And McCaffrey's very good at that. So to me, the eight-man boxes are going to be important. The other thing, with all the motion they do, they try to get you to play a lot of zone. You can't be afraid to play man-to-man against them because they can overload a side to you. So I think the biggest thing is don't be afraid. You can't make a lot of living out of it, but you got to be able to mix things up. And mixing things up against Brock Purdy is important. He processes information so well. It's such a rhythmic throwing game and the things that they do. So to me, getting him uncomfortable, make him hesitate just a bit. Get him off his spot, somewhat like when you go against Tom Brady, right? Because he loves to stay in that little pocket. He can hit the middle of the throw. He can make all the touch throws. He hits all the windows, goes from one side to the other. So you've got to be able to mix it up, get him off his spot, but it starts with Christian McCaffrey, say what you want. That's the guy you better stop first. Yeah, they've had this conversation, you know, who should win the MVP? Like, Because Brock Purdy is going to end up being the odds-on favorite whenever it comes down to the end because of how they're going to continue to play, we assume. Like, we just assume with right. what the Niners have proved, with Purdy at quarterback, even going back to last year, they're going to be good. They're going to continue this. And he's going to – but you talk to Purdy and you talk to everybody, it's like, CMC is the most important guy. And you just heard you. You're like, I study this team, defensive mind. The thing, we got to take away 23. But that's the issue with the Niners. You do pack the box. They got everybody. I mean, every position is bought in, too. Do you see the blocking downfield out of that team, Coach? I mean, Brandon Ayuk, I mean, he made a block last week. He ran and just caught up just to get uh, Christian another five yards. And mm-hmm. I guess that's something we should try to get George Pickens to maybe let oh! <laughs> well, that's where we were heading next because yeah. <laughs> I, I think watching like Jawan Jennings, I think is his name, mm-hmm. and their Johnson Jennings, jo- yep. yeah, yep. Jennings, Jennings, and then Ayuk yeah. is there, and then Debo there. They're like obviously Ayuk and Debo, big names. Debo's already been paid, but you can tell like their culture. I think by the way the effort is getting. George right. Kittle is obviously right. trying all the way down the field. Now on the flip side, Tone Diggs has a question for you, Coach, and remember. We're in the middle of quite a heartbreak for the Cowboy uh, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Coach. Yes. I mean, uh, it feels like the whole city is burning down. Could you have imagined a time where, you know, Heinz Ward was saying that he 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 didn't it wasn't blocking because he didn't want to get rolled up on, or the Colts ran twenty times in a row to win a ball game against you know a Steelers defense? It feels like you know Ben came out and said the Steelers' way is potentially going away. Uh, Ryan Clark's come out and talked about it too, how it, it doesn't feel like the Steeler way is potentially a thing anymore. Have you talked about it, your thoughts on it all? And is it something that Coach Tomlin can turn around? Because as someone who grew up with your teams going from 95 on, um, well, that was my, my first memory was the, the Hail Mary against the Colts in Harbaugh. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 That was yeah. good times. That was good times. At the time, um, Colts probably heartbroken. Jeez. What are your thoughts on the whole situation in Pittsburgh right now, and, and can it be turned around with this regime? Well, I mean, I'll tell you what, uh, Tone. I think I, I it is disappointing to see and hear uh, uh, what George Pickens talks about because culture really is about – it's about commitment and sacrifice. And, you know, you're not just playing with one another, you're playing for one another. And no, I could never imagine um, a player at all not performing and, and giving everything because to me, it's all about effort. We're going to make mistakes. I get it, you know, and sometimes we don't make the right call. But the one thing that should never be questioned is your effort and, and your ability to be there for your teammate, picking somebody up. So that is very bothersome. Um, I think there's got to be consequences to that. 
Um, and so I, I will see what happens with it. And he's going to be held accountable because you have to have accountability. And you don't do anything and there's no consequence to the choice that he made. Now you're losing accountability. And I think that's a very, very important element to have in that building. And right now, there's there's the struggle has been on offense all year long. And I think the defense came through early in the season, making some big plays at the end of a game. They had some wins, maybe a false sense of confidence. They've really no, been no different all year long. It's a team that just has been has an inability to score points. And the defense feels like there's no margin of error. Uh, can it get turned around? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that you have to sit back when the season's over is make sure, see what you want to do on the offensive side of the ball. Bring in someone who is established, who, 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 who is going to bring in a system that will make get back to what Steeler football is about. I, 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 if I was them right now, I'll be putting whoever they want to put out there. But I had Kenny Pickens under center. Put him under center. You have Najee Harris, who's a downhill runner. He's not a side box car runner. He's not mm-hmm. worn. You see all the big runs. They're downhill. How you like Don? First Don, we run Don Hill, Donner. Yeah, but but you know what though? It also sets up the play action. Everything else you want to do, you got a young quarterback. Lean it, and that helps the offensive line. There's nothing that's negative about going back here. Oh, it's old school. We're we're, we're in a new era of shotgun. No, you're in an era of shotgun if you have a quarterback that can do it. But make him earn the right to do that. I mean, there's some guys. Yes, I'm not going to put Patrick Mahomes under the center all the time. Hey, what they do with Josh Allen? All of a sudden, you're seeing Josh Allen back under center a little bit more and taking away some of that response and making it easier for him. Get the running game going. You know, and sometimes, you know, I'd sit there and if Ben was making bad decisions, uh, my my answer to that was, I'm just going to call running plays. I'm not going to give you a chance to throw. Earn the right. Show me I can trust you again. Can I trust you? It's okay to punt. That's why we have a punter. It's okay every now and then to punt. That's all right. I'll trust my defense. So, those are the things that you want to do, and I think that's why I love where the Buffalo Bills are right now. It's almost like backed into a corner. Let's come out and play defense. Let's run the fall a little, little bit more with James Cook. I mean, you saw that run. I, I, you showed it there. It was. I mean, that's that's football. That's Buffalo football. And Josh Allen, you this fourth quarter, yeah, it showed again. I mean, I, 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 you can't get enough of that. I mean, I, seriously. How am saying? All I care about I mean, I, is my ball, the ball, yeah, the ball, yeah. the ball, the ball, which is great. Oh, hey, I, absolutely. 100%. 100%. But you know what? It is a tone setter. I mean, it, it, it sets the tempo and, you know, and everyone else feeds off of that. And, I, and I'll tell you what, Josh Allen, a quarterback, because no one else had one in the fourth quarter. You want the ball in your hands, we'll put the ball in your hands if we need to. Seems like he makes a lot of plays. And I appreciate you saying, like, you just got to identify who you are. You got to know, you have to have yeah. a self-awareness about your team and what you can do efficiently. Why do places not do that? Like, for instance, what you said about Kenny Pickett there. Why aren't they doing that? Why are some places that, on the flip side, like Shane Steichen, I think he ran the ball 17 straight times against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, why are some teams able to run the ball when the other team knows they're going to run the ball and why are some teams not able to do it why do you why do you think that's the case i think it's a commitment pat i think and i think shane steichen has got to be talked about for coach of the year what he's done in indianapolis and then you know gardner Minshew when he's had that and jonathan taylor hasn't been there all year and honestly gus bradley and that defense they don't get enough credit i mean these guys are a turnover machine they get takeaways every game 19 straight um, 19 straight i know i know And, and so here's the thing i say is it's not the yards, it's the attempts. If you attempt running the ball enough, the yards will come. Because you get three yards and because you get two yards, oh, okay, we can't run it. No, 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 no. It's about the attempts. Get the attempts because the big plays and the, and the, the everything else, they will come. And the play action will come. 
It helps your offensive linemen. They're not just back there teeing off and getting in a sprinter stance to try to rush the quarterback when you're in the shotgun. So uh, I don't know why, to be honest with you, Pat, because I think when you look at the top teams in the league, they're very balanced. Baltimore's very balanced. Running the ball, throwing the ball. San Francisco, as you talked about, they're going to run the ball, throw the ball. The Miami Dolphins, what have they done this year? They got back to running the football that complements their passing game with Tyreek Kill. Yeah, the Detroit Lions. You think they don't like to run the football with Dan Campbell and that offensive line? I mean, so and, and and even the Cowboys have gotten back into running the football and putting all of a sudden you see uh, uh, Zach Dax back under under center a little bit. So the running the game sets up the play action, which gives you the big plays, and that it's it, it, it's an old theory, but it works. Old school still works. Hell yeah, coach. Hell yeah. That felt good to say, I assume. And while you're watching these games, whenever you're seeing these teams that are shaped very similar to the teams that you had mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh yeah. have success in 2023, yeah. I do wonder if you go, oh, maybe I do go back and coach. I do, I do go back and coach. Because allegedly, there's going to be a couple spots open. Now, Con has a question for you, coach. Yeah, coach, speaking right, of the right. old guard, if you will, you know, obviously what's happening in New England, there's a lot of conversations around Bill, if he's going to be the coach there, if he's going to go somewhere else. And then you look at like a Seattle with Pete Carroll, another older guy, and even with the Chiefs and Andy Reid. So kind of a two-parter. How long do you think those guys are going to coach? And you know, what's the process that they go through mentally to figure it out? And then as somebody who had a young quarterback who was fantastic like Big Ben, uh, and you didn't end up just riding it out with him, see where it would go, how long do you think Andy Reid goes? Because obviously he has Mahomes, and the assumption is that he'll go till Mahomes is done. But do you think there is a world where Andy Reid maybe you know wins another Super Bowl, whether it's his third or his fifth with the Chiefs and then walks away at some point? Uh, I don't know if Andy will really ever walk away. I think I don't know if Bill would ever really walk away. I think you get to a certain point in your life. Um, you know, my reasons for walking away at the time was more personal than it was professional. And I think these guys are uh, they're in it. They have their kids are involved with in, in the coaching element of it, which is a big part of it. So the same thing with Pete. Um, so it's a family deal, and, and these guys, to me, is you're going to have to probably peel them off the field at some point. They're not going to want to come off the field. It's a part of their life. It's a part of their DNA. Um, they love what they do, um, you know. So that 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 to me is, you know, for Bill, he's going through a period of time where he's trying to find a quarterback. Uh, that defense has still played well all year long, to yep. be quite honest with you. And I I don't know how that's going to end up uh, up there. It it seems like it's heading toward a separation. I hope that it doesn't. Um, Bill's done too much for that organization and he's been up there too long and he's done he, he's a part of the culture in Boston right yeah. now I just I'd hate to see it come to the end and him do trying to take this somewhere else and I think Andy will be in Kansas City for a while with Patrick um, you know he got a young quarterback and that's like his little toy he'll be playing and, and, and Pete to me I don't know. He'll be running up and down Seattle probably another five years. Who knows? He's phenomenal. His energy level is unbelievable. Do you see him with his hat backwards on the press conference? Yeah, halfway back (laughs) his head, which was quite a move. You know, it was quite a move. But I do appreciate that we see videos of him throwing and his energy level at practice and every day. They say it's the exact same. Like, you say you're going to have to peel those guys off. That's like. You know, if if we didn't have this show, I think Chuck would go absolutely yeah. insane. Mm-hmm. If you didn't have yeah, CBS, yeah. if you didn't have CBS on Sundays, I assume you no would. No question. Yeah, that's just how it is. No, no question. I, I I cannot I cannot imagine being at home watching it with my wife. I mean, nothing against her, but I said it's like <laughs> I need to be I need to be with a bunch of guys watching football. If I'm going to watch football, and I'm great. I got Nate, Boomer, Phil. 
Um, we question all the calls. We'd have all the answers afterwards. And like I said, I haven't lost a game in 17 years. Hey, that be undefeated. Yeah. Almost two decades. Go ahead, AJ. Coach, speaking of the Chiefs, when you watch them play, are you worried about them moving forward and making a run deep into the playoffs? I know it hasn't. They're still the Chiefs, but just I guess it hasn't looked as polished as it may have in the past. I think it just looks differently, AJ. I think this, let's face it, this is a, this is a defensive football team, and I think that that's who they are. And I think that they could make – I think they still could get home field advantage throughout when you look at their record and we look at the, who they have left to play. Um, I think they're going to be a really tough out because I think they kind of got a chip on their shoulder. Um, we talk about the drops and everything else, but this is a team, they get Isaiah Pacheco back. <laughs> they probably are more of a running football team in defense. Now, I know Andy will never say that, <laughs> but that's who their identity really is. Um, and they're just different than what we've seen in the past, which I think is a great tribute to Andy Reid. It's not trying to be who you are. Be what you are. What you are is like – and it changes every year. It's just what you are. Be able to adapt and, and adjust to the, who you are, what your strengths are. Your defense has now become – you've got these young guys in the last couple of years. Steve Spagnuolo, one of the best defensive coordinators in the game. Pacheco, now Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You're running the football, and you got a quarterback that can make the big plays when he has to. So I think they're kind of under the radar, and I – I think we'll end up going out to the AFC Championship game. Could be in Kansas City again. You so. think You think it's just – it looks different, so everybody's confused by it, but they're still winning. They're still yes. winning, and they, they're still potentially the number one team in the AFC. And they and they don't even they don't even feel good about it, which is why I love that even better. They got a little chip on their shoulder. They they don't even like the way they look, which is just it, just keep keep doing that right through February. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. And it feels like the Chiefs have been able <laughs> to do that. Now there's some places that I don't think anybody's thinking about February, but certainly over the next couple of years, we have a Green Bay Packer shareholder owner here. Boy, he's been through it. Ty is a, it's his birthday week, by the way. Mm-hmm. Was born on uh, his, I, 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 Hey, happy birthday, Ty. Happy birthday, Ty. Merry Christmas, Ty. Merry Christmas, Ty. And I was super positive. Yeah, Coach Cower, things have kind of reached a fever pitch in Green Bay, at least with the fans, uh, in terms of, hey, listen, we cannot do this anymore. Joe Barry cannot be the defensive coordinator of this team anymore. Last two weeks, NFC Player of the Week has gone against the Packers' defense. A lot of people before the season even started said, Hey, you got to get rid of this guy. I need a new voice in there. And then for whatever reason, he's kind of, I mean, Matt LaFleur said in uh, an interview this week, like, hey, we're not moving on from him. That's not what's best for the team. We'll, we'll address this at the end of the year. We always hear about uh, the talent on their defense, like nine first-round picks, but for whatever reason, they just can't seem to ever get it right. Why do you think Matt LaFleur is so convinced on kind of sticking with Joe Barry? And then, uh, like, as a head coach, when do you know, like, okay, it's time. I got to move on from this guy, whether it be an offensive or a defensive coordinator, because it just, when you watch him every single week, it seems like nothing ever changes. The same issues kind of plague them year over year and week over week. Like, how, how do you know when, okay, we, we have to change things and move forward? Well, I mean, I think if the results um, are not producing, I think the biggest thing as a head coach to me is the accountability is with the players, right? But it's also with the coaches. Um, I was hard on the coaches, and sometimes I made changes for the sake of change. I mean, I think you look at what uh, uh, John Harbaugh did and has done in Baltimore. Um, he, Todd Monken comes in this year. Offense is different. Mike McDonald, he comes in last year uh, for Wink. So he's made some changes in Baltimore that, to me, that's part of it. It's just there's an infusion of energy. There's something new. It's something fresh, particularly with what you're doing 
if it becomes stale. And I think that's the biggest thing in the National Football League to me is you don't want to become stale. Don't you want to become stagnant, predictable? I mean, bring somebody in with a fresh set of eyes, a fresh set of ideas, uh, doing some things that make more creative, and to try to get the best out of the players. So sometimes you have to have change just for the sake of change. So I, I would think this will be something Matt will sit back on in the offseason. I would think he would have to look at this very objectively. And I think there's a lot of places, hey, even in Pittsburgh, you got to sit back at the end of the season. Give yourself a week, remove the emotion, but be very objective about where you are. I've always said this as a head coach. My only loyalty I have is the winning. That's a loyalty I have. That's the winning. It's not the coaches. It's not the certain players. It's the what's in the best interest to us to win on a regular basis, to hand that trophy to my owner. That's the loyalty I have. And sometimes that means it's lonely at the top. It's tough decisions you have to make, but you got to look at it and say, what is in the best interest of this football team right now? And sometimes you can't even quantify it. There may not be a metric out there that says you shouldn't do this, but sometimes it's a gut feel. That's why I like analytics. It's a great thing, but you better have a feel for the game. You better have a feel for your team. You better have a feel for where you are as an organization. And that's the most important thing. Team on me. Team on three. One, two, three. Team. 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 That was a great speech. Unreal. <laughs> that was a uh, Chuck gave a fuck. Was, yeah, that was a, yeah. Chuck yeah. was Chuck was even getting jacked up with the way you were talking there because I think that is what the football guy mentality is. I think that's like a head coach's mentality. Yeah. And I was thinking as you were chatting about Matt Lafleur having to make that decision. You said it's lonely at the top. Those are tough decisions. It's like that is a hard conversation and a tough decision for somebody that might have to be in a seat. It's not always easy to have conflict. You know, not everybody loves the whole. Yeah. Hey, gotta fire you. Hey, gotta move on. Gotta yeah, but you know what though? But you know what, Pat? Though it, it's okay to have that little bit of edginess in the building. It's Agreed. okay for people to be to be have a little bit. You know, how do I stand? You know, if I want you to wonder how you stand, prove it to me every week. Prove it to me every week. Why? Why you're the guy that I want to align myself with? Are you just a flash in the pan for one game? Oh. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Well, you take two games off now? Or, I, I don't know. But. Gosh. Hell yeah. You had to have. I mean, what was your day to day like as you were the coach? That had to be pretty. You were, we're winning all your long days. How long were your days? I assume these were very, very. No, yeah. They, yeah. It was, I, I always took my kids to school in the morning. So I dropped them off at the bus stop, Fox Chapel High School. So I, and I'd go through Oakland, go down to the South Side and, yeah. Two Tuesdays game plan time. I'd stop by, get some bagels for the secretary, bring them in, and get them a couple of bagels. And then nice. Tuesdays was a late night game plan. Um, do the defense, get with the offense. Um, Wednesdays, I'm in there eight o'clock. Get out of there about nine or ten. Thursdays, nine or ten. Fridays was great. I loved Fridays. Baby. Everyone left the building. I sat in there. I always had a couple beers in my refrigerator, right. and I would put the I would put together my talk for the next night. How can I make this game personal? Is there something like way I can make this game personal? So then I, and then I go meet my wife for, for dinner on Friday night. Kids be going off somewhere, and I was in bed by 10 o'clock. Nice. So it was Getting great. ready for that speech. <laughs> Hell yeah. Getting ready for that. Oh, hey, hey, it was great. I love you're in a brainstorm situation. A couple icy lights. <laughs> Turn some music on here. Yeah, that's it. How are we making yeah, this was, thing yeah. personal for the boys? Yeah, yeah. It's and they're keeping it simple. The message is simple. Wins, you know, win a, you got to win in, you know, in, in uh, you know, uh, uh, situational football. You got to win situational football. We got to win the line of scrimmage, situational football, third down, red zone. We got to be able to win those situations. And we got to be able to 
Um, be good in a two-minute. Be able to four-minute if we have to lock something out. Don't beat yourself. No penalties. Pre-snap, pre, pre it's, it's unacceptable. Post-snap, get a feel for how they're calling the game. They're calling the hand check, which, you know, let's find out. And I'm, I'm okay with a, you know, a bad penalty every now and then. You know, as long as it's out of, out of effort, I get it. Just don't make the same one twice. Too many times you and I will be talking on the sideline because you'll be right next to me. So that, but that's fine. But, you know, I wanted them to be able to be a little bit edgy in the course of a game. And, you know, I told you, my, my whole thing was I wanted them to walk on that field. They are the best. You are the best at what you do, no matter what your role is. And you have a swagger about you. You have a little of a confidence, maybe cockiness about you. And the only thing I'll ask you to do is you walk that line. And if you cross the line, I'm going to pull you back, which is what? Being disrespectful to the game, being disrespectful to the opponent, being disrespectful to a teammate, like not blocking. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you know what? But I, I'll, if you cross that line, I'll pull you back. But damn, I want you to walk as close to that line as possible. And if you don't, if I don't have to pull you back every now and then, then you're not getting close enough. Hey, you know what I'm, you know what I'm realizing here? This is your fault. How tone feels right now. Yep. Your fault. Yeah. Cause like the team that you Why? built. Yeah. The team that you coached and built in Pittsburgh is the model yeah. and the standard. Now yeah. there's only been a few coaches, right? For the Pittsburgh Steelers and who knows what the future holds. We are all big fans of Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Very appreciative of Mike Tomlin. Yeah. But like Andy Reid was once the Philadelphia Eagles too. You know, yeah. like there's yeah. uh sometimes these types of things happen. I'm not saying it will in the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, not at all, but every single thing in every human's eyes of what Pittsburgh Steelers football is, is exactly what you just described it as. So you're like not getting punked ever. Okay, that is not happening in Pittsburgh. You're representing the entire city. But when you don't give effort on a block, it's like that won't happen in Pittsburgh Steelers football. It's no, kind of your fault. No. It's kind of your fault now that I'm thinking about it. It's <laughs> right, isn't it? Like the, yeah. the expectations yeah. is kind of this mustache hey. man's fault hey. now that I think about it. Yeah. Hey, just it, it's just all I want is effort. All I want is effort, and I, well, I'll take care. I'll make sure we don't do things that are too complicated that you don't understand and that you can't play fast. If you're having to think too much, that's on me. But, man, I'm going to take it all away, but I don't want to see, you know, I don't want to see a lack of effort. Come on, man. Like, yeah. seriously. Sounds like that and one got under your skin a little bit, huh? Yeah, that one, one of you. Yeah, it did. It did. You know what? And I have to say this. Football's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. No oh, one's forcing quit. them to be out there. That don't if you don't like it, then maybe that's why I said maybe we're not the right place. This is maybe not the right team for you to be on, because it's not we're not for everybody. I expect certain things. I expect certain efforts. I expect you to, to hold yourself a certain way with our community, a much higher standard. You're a role model whether you want to be or not. And if you can't accept that, that's fine. There's other teams. You go let's go somewhere else. I, I'd rather have a team that's together, that's united, and a team that won a championship was no pop. I had more talented teams. But no closer teams. Those guys would fight for each other. They played for each other. And they were there for each other every step of the way. People are trying to bottle it, sell it, and find it for these cultures that are lost. Mm -hmm. And the culture that was found seemingly is anyone that you touch. We appreciate the hell out of you, man. Thank you for joining us on this uh, Coaches Up Thursday. Thanks, guys. How do you see tonight going? Yeah, okay. How do you see tonight going? I love the Rams. I think Sean McVay's been one of the best coaching jobs he's had all year. I mean, I, I, I really, really do. And Matthew Stafford. I think is one of the toughest quarterbacks in the National Football League. That guy in the running game they have, I love their offense. It transit translates over to the defense. Um, you know, uh, I I love them. I mean, I, I think this. I think they're a really hot team. They're a team I wouldn't want to play in the playoffs. 
How about the Buffalo Bills, too, man? You talk about yeah. him going under there. Yeah. They're a wagon. Yeah. yeah. There's some real – hey, the Indianapolis coach, we talked about Shane Steichen. Look out. No there's, question. There's some teams out there. The Rams yeah. are one of them. Yeah. You know, no, we don't know anybody on their defensive side of the ball, coach. We were trying to figure it out. <laughs> Aaron Donald <laughs> I, and – Yep. And, oh, wow. And uh, number 44. I, I, coach. Byron, Byron <laughs> yeah. Young. Byron Young. Raheem Morris yeah. over there, though. Yeah, that's- and I'll tell you what else they've done. They, 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 they've improved their offensive line. That offensive line, I mean, Sean has done a great job. You talk about an offensive line that was a shambles a year ago. And that, you know what? You run the football a little bit, the play action comes off of it, and everything else just takes care of itself. Play sound I mean, defense, got special teams, you're going to win games. It's old school, but it seems to still work it's, here in 2023. I think so. God, what a legend. Merry Christmas, Coach. Bill Cowher, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, Merry Christmas, go! guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Coach. I mean, we could have kept going, but he gave like two speeches there where it was like, we should not follow. Two, like five. <laughs> no, Everything but I'm saying at the yeah. end there, there was two like, yeah. this is the grand finale speech. Yeah. You know, there was like, fireworks. Boom. And it was like, yeah. man, I still got like things, we were, you know, still stuff we need to talk It reminds talk. me so much of Jimmy Johnson. I was really fortunate to work for him in 1986 <clears throat> at Miami as a young GA. And you, Nobody ever got comfortable. And we were we we won every game that year. Remember we lost Penn State fatigue game? Yeah, I didn't know. But yeah. As coaches as stuff. coaches and players, like if it got going too good, he would create a fire. He would have a dust up for no just to keep people on their edge. I mean, just like Coach Cowher. That was incredible. I mean and that's that's the correct way to do that. Well, you gotta take a lot of that's a lot of uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Because no. if nobody's getting comfortable, that means you're not comfortable either mm-hmm. at any moment with really anybody. Keeps an edge, keeps a focus, keeps a reality of uh, like actual, we need to show up every single day. He said accountability like five times. Yeah. But like being the person that has to instill that is not like, that's not a lot of fun. Huh? You know no. what I mean? I don't no, think no, it's like but, the most but fun. But at the same job. time, we all loved Coach Johnson. Players loved because he let them go play. And he let them let their light shine, swag like no other swag, right? Talk about crossing the line. They didn't do that. Yeah, Bill was. And you got to be the epitome of what you're preaching too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you gotta. You're the. You gotta represent everything that you're saying, and that's why he was so loved. He's from Pittsburgh, so he's going to be loved regardless. I think I've learned that about Pittsburgh. A lot of people just watch our show because we're from Pittsburgh, which is really nice of those people. So he was going to be supported regardless, just like Mike McCarthy down at the Dallas Cowboys. But like the fact that he was uh, the Pittsburgh Steeler coach, and had the culture that represented the city and had success in players that everybody loved. And then he was animated. Oh, yeah. He was he was a character. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're watching the game, you are going to see that chin and the spit. And then obviously they only run that one time where he put the paper into the pocket because highlights can only be so long. Yeah. He used to have a lot of conversations with the refs. I mean, there was – he was – he wanted to win. It seemingly was on – he was playing in the game, you know. He was a great representation, I think, of all of what Pittsburgh wanted to be you're, represented about. You're right, though. It is it is his fault uh, the way that most Steelers fans feel today. And I was not like when I, I was seven years old in '95. I remember standing in my grandma's kitchen watching the Hail Mary by Harbaugh, and then Neil O'Donnell blew the Super Bowl. Um, Why did he do that? He well, you know, some people say that he was paid off to throw a couple pick sixes. Oh, whatever. which is rude to say. We Allegedly. don't know that about Neil. No. But anyway, so I was like seven, and then Cowher's Super Bowl was my senior year of high school. So, like, oh. my developmental football years were always all Coach Cower and, like, how a team's supposed to be run. And, yeah, now the team doesn't look like that, and we're upset about it. 
Still in it, though. I'm bummed out. Mm-hmm. Still, still in it. We're bummed out, coach. Damn, guys, bummed out. Hey, are you bummed out a little bit? <laughs> this yeah. morning? Are you was, bummed out a little bit? I, I was bummed out, but I read what you guys showed me. Really bummed me out. What was it? Out. What happened? What happened? We showed, we showed them Depends prices went up. See? I'm bummed out. One. I, I mean, had to get one. I'm bummed out. I had out. to get one. There's no reason for that. Just Wait, one. We, hey, I'll we're, tell you what. We're talking about what Big Ben Roethlisberger said about come a long way. Chuck Pagano. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was bummed out about that, too. Chuck was bummed out, <laughs> He's too. He bummed out. We yeah. watched him find out about it. He had no idea. Yeah. He had his uh, blinders on mm-hmm. all week. He had not heard it. That had not cracked into his timeline. It's not on my algo. And then this morning, you know, hey, do you want to answer Big Ben or mm-hmm. what? Big Ben, what, what are you talking about? Mean. He found out he was bummed out. Bummed out. I was bummed out. But when you listened to it, you thought, well, like I text you, yeah, d- during that game yeah. after my remarks, whatever. And then I saw that. But what did I text you? He said maybe Ben was right. <laughs> <During Yeah. that laughs> yeah. I might have said it to you too, Tony. Yeah. So maybe Ben was right. Maybe Ben. So was, that was privately, was, you know. Chuck yep, did that yeah. without knowing the Ben thing. So I think what we're saying to Ben is, hey, yeah, we're all bummed out. We're, we're all bummed out. We're all bummed. Ton out. of respect for Ben. Well, he's got a ton of respect for you. He said it. Ton, yeah. ton, of, ton of respect, and well, yeah. gonna be pretty, pretty bummed when we, you know, are at. Radio Row, and we look over, and Big Ben's giving Chuck a wedgie for you know running. That running is what he mouth. said. Well, Spank was kind of alluding to some. Yeah, Spank yeah. was. Yeah, Spence. Spence. Sorry, I am so sorry. Spence. I thought his name was Spank. It's a nickname for Spence. It's Spank. Spence. He said. Wait. He said I was better than that. I should have been better than that. Yes, he's right. Yep. I have. Great, I, I love football. Who doesn't? And I, you know, it's not Come easy. Spank. I thought his name was Spanks. I, I, you know, that's on me. <laughs> I only see that's not an easy job. The one he has, he does it very no. well. That is a very good well, no, show. I mean, it's, it's, it's fair. It's fair. Spence had to tell Ben my name. I got to tell you Spence's name. That happened. Yeah. Yeah. Who's Sorry. that guy? Who's the guy with the cowboy hat? Uh, Steelers guy. We got a hundred guys though. <laughs> you know, that's a lot different than just the one guy with Ben. So I apologize to Spence. Spence. See, that's the yep. thing. We say it with a southern accent. You know? Sure. Uh-huh. I think just whenever we're talking about it. I've also been calling him Spank this whole time. That's probably why it has creeped into my ears is because the way you describe co-host or whatever. No, I, Spank is – I'm. this is no disrespect whatsoever. The only Spencer I've really ever known, his name was Spank. That, that was his name. Oh, so that's like the nickname. That's like whenever James Cook became Jimbo. Bingo. Because yeah. allegedly Josh Allen said Jimbo one time, mm-hmm. and then now everybody just calls him Jimbo. Yeah. So that is so Sp- Spencer to Spence, Spence without an E. Spank. Yeah, basically. Anyway, okay. Spence is good Spank. on that show. That's a good yeah. show. It's a great show. So you get his name's Spence. It'd be Spank if you just took yeah, the E obviously. off, right? Yeah, but we put an A and change the C with a K. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah if you that. change the spell, complete spelling, it is a different word. Yeah, it's true. S P and no, yeah, you have the bones. is not a very good nickname. Spank, spank is. Spank is. Bad. No, spank e. is a good nickname. Great. Spank I like is a lot. sweet. The, I like me spank. thinking his name was Spank was to your good news. Yes. This is a good yeah. thing, not mm-hmm. a bad thing. I, I, I like that football and show. But whenever they brought up Coach Gano, I didn't, I didn't want to listen because I'm like, well, I like this show. I don't want to have to hate this show. Mm-hmm. But I think what he said was right. He come yeah. on, you know better. Which is kind of what I think Tone said to you later in the day yeah. last week. Whenever he asked me if you ever give criticism of the Indianapolis Colts on that show without calling and asking and seeing what the actual thing is inside there. So I think what you said was you were going to bat for Mike Tomlin. I think you were going to bat for Mike Tomlin as a coach. 
saying, hey, Ben, we don't need you adding fuel to this mm-hmm. entire There's enough fuel. Hole, right? There's a lot of it. And then you watched the game, and you found out, and I think you even said maybe Ben was right, Ben cares about Steelers seemingly more so, and he feels obligated to say yeah. what is happening. Yeah, feels I like that was trying to disrespect Ben. No, I agree. feels like that with Bill Cowher, though, too. Mm-hmm. Did you hear the way he was talking about that? He does not like the not blocking thing. He said, and we'll see what happens with that. Like his mm-hmm. cowers like, we'll I see. I want the ball's not for everybody. He said. He told quit. The ball's not for everybody. Can you imagine AJ him trying to teach defense right now, coach defense, the way it is? Ooh, My God. I know. Because those those games, <laughs> I mean, back Baltimore Pitt. He said when it was Spurt, on. He said he wanted. Uh, those were the best. He said he wanted him to walk the line. You know, let's see how they're calling it, okay? Let's mm-hmm. see. Let's see if they're holding, all right? But let's learn about that. Former player, you know, people forget he was yeah. he was a player who retired early to start coaching in the NFL. If I do remember his documentary, which was on MGM Plus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Remember that, AJ? We watched it? I remember it clearly. Yes, I'm a giant fan of Cowher. Yes. But, yeah, I like that he's like, you know, Borderline cocky mm-hmm. when we walk on that field. Mm-hmm. Every position I want, and that had some defenses flying around. And back in those days, what were the rules? Uh, if we're testing a line, could be yeah. kill literally him. kill him. He's can't yeah. kill, a guy. kill him. Well, can you imagine? Kill him. That's what it was. Hey, can you imagine showing George and the boys? Okay, this is Heinz Ward. This is how you block in the National Football League. There's some what he used to do that do that still. There's still some no, that yeah. try. You guys talked about the 49ers. Oh. We broke them down on the 30-30. They're unbelievable. That's buy-in, I think. Absolutely. And when your best players are doing that, young guys like George, Deontay Johnson, they're like, oh, shit, I got to do this. Best player on our team's doing that? I got to do that or my ass is out the door. What the hell is going to happen over there in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I mean, Bill Kyer gave us the answer. He said he's going to have to look at this objectively, Mike Tomlin, and he can turn around. And his only loyalty is to winning. That is the only loyalty. That was a, th- that was, that was a very powerful line to hear because he goes in there and it's like, all right, who made us better? Who made us worse? Not scared to make change. He said, I just make change sometimes because it was just needed just because. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's just like, go ahead. And m-. Tomlin hasn't really done that. That's no. not been a Tomlin no. move. And everyone who knows him says he's his his fault is one of his greatest assets, and that is that's his loyalty. Uh, but as far as what's going to happen, I have no idea. If I was to predict. Uh, Coach Tom will be back next year because the Steelers are the Steelers, and you know they don't like making changes or anything like that. And consistency has led to a lot of great things. And jeez, what? Tom sounded a little Denny. Denny, yep, sounded a little bit uh, sarcastic, a little bit you know <laughs> under underhanded type thing. Yeah, Tom, you did. No, no, no. three yeah. coaches since the seventies. They, they don't like. There's not a lot of change going on. That's what all. all so don't saying. you think he made a great point when he said? You know, finish the season, take a week, right? Yeah. Take a week and then be objective. Because you can go right now and make a knee jerk, and then all of a sudden it's like, why did I do that? Whatever. But you finish this thing out, you go, you go, you evaluate everything, you make objective, you know, and then say, okay, what gives us the best chance to win? Well, good luck to Tomlin doing that. Good luck to the Steelers. And yeah. big shout-out to Bill Carr for yeah. stopping by on this Coaches Up Thursday. We had Saban. Right. We had James Cook. Right. That was quick. That was a quick yep. one. He was big close to the end of the hour. He had meetings. He's got a lot going on. Yeah. Big game. Mm-hmm. It was basically the same as Pete. It was the same as Thamel. Oh, we had Pete Thamel on? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think we Pete really said, had a program there. Pete said more words, but... Similar. Bill, Bill Cowher. Yeah. Similar. Bill Cowher. Pete talks fast. 
He does. He, yeah. he moves. So James, big word. Yeah. James does too. I, I think he talks fast. Yeah, he Pete, does. Pete's info just he never stops. Yeah, so it's been a great program. Vessel great. information. You know how we can yeah. make it better? How's that? that? Pick some winners for tonight. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been in the middle of a heater for the entire season. And it's not necessarily me or AJ or the Toxic Table or mm-hmm. a ton of things. It is a Paisano who had coached football for 36 years, 18 in college, 18 in the NFL, almost two decades at every single level. Now, he does not gamble, but he's not scared to make some picks. He is currently 9-4-1 after predicting perfectly what the Raiders were going to do to the Chargers just a week ago. You see, he's holding a sword. He has an eye patch on. You see. Like a raider. Like a pirate. That got on the 9-4-1. Great job on the graphic, Dirty. Unbelievable. Great pose there, Chuck, Hell looking yeah. like a pirate. Thank you yeah. for pulling that off. Mm-hmm. Now, Saints and Rams. Who do you like? And are we getting the double-digit wins? Wow. Against the spread on Thursday Night Football? Come on. Is tonight the night where we do something where it's like, damn, Chuck was hot on those Thursday night games. <laughs> Or are we saying, wait a minute, Chuck, there's still a couple weeks left now. Hold the phone. Uh-oh. Let's slow the pony here. Who do we like? How do we like it? What's going to happen tonight, Coach Chuck Pagano? Should be a great game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Should be a great game. Great. Two seven and 7-7 seven teams mm-hmm. fighting for their playoff lives in the run. Um, Sean McVay is 5-2 since being the taking over head coaching job there in uh, L.A. Five and two on Thursday night. Oh, short weeks. We heard five and one. Was it five? Six and zero. Oh, you mentioned, but five and two total Thursday Thursday games. Three and zero oh home games, though. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Six was six and one against the spread. I think. Okay. Yeah, Dennis yeah. Allen, zero oh and two Thursday night. Oh, whoa, that's a real one, Danny. Okay. So he's zero oh and two. You look at the Saints team; they've scored tenth most points over the last several weeks. Okay. National Football League, twenty five a game. Rams, on the other hand. Mm-hmm. 132 points last four games. That's a lot. Third best National Football League. A lot of points. Wow, 10's um, better. 3's better. Yeah. Olave's supposed to play tonight. He's back, but he's be, he's been fighting an ankle injury. Ram, Ramzak's out. They're stud offensive uh, right tackle. Check. He's out. They got Andres Pete as the left. Camaro's a – Camaro's – got to deal with <laughs> Camaro. Camaro's he, He's a dude. He is. No, he's a dude. Run and pass. Yeah. So you gotta you got to check him. I like their tight ends. Jimmy Graham scoring touchdowns. Jimmy, he's just the, the red zone dude. It's the other Juwan. guy. It's, it's Juwan uh, Johnson, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then um, Taysom. Well, he's another problem. Uh, you got to handle that stuff. Taysom. Foster Moreau. Moreau's is the, the other tight end. Mm-hmm. 80, I think he's 87, right? Yeah, he's so 83 and 87. They'll use 12 personnel. So I think those guys are going to be a little bit of a deal. Um, but you look at this Rams team. No hotter team. Not. No Colts, hotter Colts, team. Colts, Niners? And, and no. let me go back. The Saints, we talked about their no defense, right? They've got a good defense. They're six in points allowed. Um, they do a nice job in the red area. They're really good on third down. So you're going to get a really good third down offense in the Rams against a really good third down defense in the, in the Saints. So um, I, I like where they're at. But the Rams, they're hot as hell. Their offense is, is playing lights out. Matthew Stafford, Coward said it. That guy's a stud. He's one of the toughest some bitches around. That guy, you can't get him out of the game. We've we've seen it time and time again. And the way he's slinging it, and you got Cooper Cup, you got Puka Nakua, you got Kyron Williams. That's the thing. New Orleans is 24th 
in the league rush defense. 24th. There's only 32 teams, so they're 24th, right? Mm-hmm. So you got Kyron Williams, all right? You got Royce Freeman. Those guys are straight ahead, no fair dodging, downhill. Kyron can catch it out of the backfield, so I think they're going to run the hell out of the ball, and Matt's going to be under center, and then the play action, and then the, 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 the double high sevens, the over oh. routes. Oh, yeah. You know how hard that is to pick up when your linebackers get sucked, sucked up? up. Mm. Hey, a lot of sucked up linebackers Bob. tonight. Yeah. Linebackers get sucked AJ, up you know, tonight. You, I mean, you know, Stafford, AJ, when, that, when you start getting the ball run, run down your throat. You start oh, getting boy. sucked yeah. up. And then, sucked gotta, up. and then all of a sudden sucked you up pull right it out. It'll screw you. Stafford is one of the best at sucking it up, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll oh. suck them up. Yeah, easy. Higby? Because he's got good hands. Yep. Great hands, yeah. Yeah. Who's 15? Remind me, 15. Tutu Atwell. No, no, he's in. No, it's um, oh, Marcus Robinson. Thank you. Robinson. Yeah. Well, Robinson. he had a heck of a game this yeah. last one. I think Tutu, is Tutu back? Did he clear concussion? I, I think so. He did thought. clear concussion yeah. protocol. So they've got they got a high power. And we talked about ad nauseum, you know, Raheem Morris, the job he's done with that no-name defense. Yeah. I mean, he's taking a lot of young players. I keep bringing up Byron Young. I, I like this uh, Kobe Turner, number 91, who's a rookie. He's got five and a half sacks. Keep an eye out for number 91. Okay. Especially Ooh. on obvious pass situations, a little inside rush with Aaron Donald. Right yeah, you can probably yeah, bet him to have over half a sack. Yeah. Right. You, like you know, that? so, yeah. No, I, so I'm definitely thinking Rams. I'm definitely think this is going to be a good game for a minute. But I think, I think in the end, that run game, that play action pass, Aaron Donald, Young, what? Turner. What? Chris Gaines, some Raheem of those Morris. other dudes oh, on yeah. that, that Rams defense yeah. and Raheem Morris, yeah. they're going to make a couple plays. And Stafford's going to be smart. He's got to take care of the football. But I, I like the I'm going to lay the points. I like the Rams in this one. Here you go. Chuck. You like the pick? You go, I like the pick. Well thought out. I think it was a good pick. AJ, uh, did he speak you into a confirmation or change your mind about your pick for this evening? Well, I was uh, I was leaning Rams heading into the program today. And the fact that Bill Cowher and Chuck Pagano both seem to feel pretty good about the Rams, I, who would I be to go against those two? So, yeah, give me the Rams and the points. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. Two. 91% of the money's on the Rams. Oh, shit. Yeah, this is bad news, Bears. Yeah, yeah but it's Christmas. It's Christmas. It this is, is Christmas. one of those. This it is, is a gift. It's different. It's gift. It's different. Just yeah. take it. It's a gift. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm on the Rams. When we woke up in the morning... We said it's a special time of year. Yeah. It's it's Christmas time. It is. Yeah. yeah. It is. It's the holidays. Whichever one you celebrate, it's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's here. Mm-hmm. This is a gift from all of the gods. The football ones included. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Saying, so, you know, you guys had to deal with some terrible primetime games. Sure. Yeah. You guys had to deal with some real nonsense when it was coming to finding of players and hits and calls and shit. Mm-hmm. Here's a gift going into Christmas. That's right. To start week 16, 91% of the money is on the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, 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 yeah. In SoFi? Yeah. yeah. LeBron James going to be LeBron James going to uh, be there? I don't know. He might because the Christmas game they're in LA, so they probably should be home. Going to be celebrity stars out. Larry, Definitely. Larry David going to be there? Larry will probably be there. Larry will be there. Throwing money at Cheeks, right? Yeah. That's Blueface. Blueface throwing mm-hmm. money at Cheeks. Definitely star-studded, isn't it? Oh, my God. What about the Asian lady she on the show? She's Chargers fan. Yeah. Oh. What's her name? Marianne Doe. Marianne Doe. She might be a Rams fan now. 
Where'd she go? Flipping. I guarantee you, they, if you look, New she'll game. be in there tonight. What's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> that was the narrative. We've seen her with different jerseys on. Oh, oh come no. on. Chuck. Chuck. We did see that. She's a fan of a couple teams. So what? Sue her. Yeah, she moves. She loves football. Oh, her son's Buffalo Wild Wings. I wouldn't hide that if I was her. Buffalo Wild Wings actually sent us lunch because of, of that whole situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they and they sent us something with lunch, too. Hmm? Massive plant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They did. It was a great little. That was, funny. It was very clever. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate that. Give me the Rams. Hell yeah. Here we go. I'm with the people. Nine percent of the people are picking. This is the. This is at the craps table of the no pass line. Yep. That's what you're with the house. This is a team. This is a team event tonight. Yep. Sounds like con man's on the other side. No, no. I'm just curious. Has the line moved with the 91? percent Because if it doesn't move, usually that's because the books like the other side. Sometimes, but this is just a gift. Don't matter. But if the line hasn't moved with 91%, don't matter. If the line hasn't moved with 91% of the money, that is just something to think about. Listen, these time travelers who are doing these sports books, lines, okay, every once in a while they just accidentally mess up. Yeah. Yeah. Something slips through the cracks, like Sean Stallone. Yeah. Bingo. That happened last week with. Raiders. With the Raiders and the Chargers. Yeah, you're right. That was like a three-point spread. That what was, if, that was what if that's what Thursday Night Football becomes? That'd be awesome. Just that's a gift. For the holiday season, it's just a gift. Yeah. Aren't those the best? They're the best. Three point, and also you're, it's 42 nil at half. Yes. Like, oh, God, that's, a, that, that's the easiest. Wet they left the water. Easiest cheese I've ever won. All right, there we go. Bye. So we're all on the Rams, just like the rest of the world. Go. Bingo. All right, Merry Christmas says sports books. Before we get out of here, we got to have our obvious – Friend, uh, family program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Have an opportunity to win 25 people $500. Here we go. Come on, Chuck. Now, Chuck, you have been a delight all season. Your picks have been exquisite. What? But here for this particular Christmas week, you can make 25 people's lives better. All you got to do is what? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Throw a football. Throw okay. a football. Okay. Oh, throw, throw a football into a hoop. Which hoop will you be throwing for, Chuck? That's a good question. Yeah, that is a good question. The last couple of weeks I've been here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you I can't make hear him. I can't hear him. Chuck, AJ, people can't hear you. <laughs> Number one, I'll put it on the deal. Okay, so AJ, the last two weeks, and I'm going to ask you for your advice on this. Okay. The last two weeks I've missed this side over here. Okay. Should mm-hmm. I go to the left? Should I stick with the football? Should I putt? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. He's contemplating a whole new sport. Wait, we want to talk about waffle. Well, just tell me which way to football go. Football season, we ain't putting. Chuck, I love – you know I'm always calling for people to putt. I think you could definitely drain the putts. But, no, I think you should stay on that hoop, the hoop to it, your diagonal hoop right here, this one. Yeah, go drain this one. Drain your first shot. AJ's been here. He's thrown these balls before. Yeah. yeah. Terribly. Not an easy throw. That is not an easy throw to bank that sucker in. He has felt the pressure that you have felt every single time you've attempted it. But on this particular day – the football gods and the Christmas spirit is hovering around all of us. Come on, Chuck. We got a handout oh, tonight God. in this game. Mm, yep. And we got 25 winners when Chuck Pagano bears his football into that hoop right over. Nope. It's a good start. It's a good start. Good aggressive. You see the anger. Yeah. A little angry. Oh, yeah. He's pissed. Dismissive leg. If you jump and try to kick your ass, that helps. Nope. Nope. Did not help yesterday. Did not help yesterday. A.J. Hawk has something to say to you, Coach, before you take this next attempt, obviously, in this Christmas season. Chuck, a serious question for you. What do you think of Cowher saying he likes guys being a little bit on edge, not knowing where they stand? I think that's amazing. I think it's healthy to have everybody a little bit scared, especially walking in after a loss or something. Absolutely, 100%. 
He loves it too. Yeah. Guys get comfortable, they get complacent. Yep. That's right. Complacency That's kills. human nature. Mm-hmm. Train it. Train that it. is human nature, Chuck. That's your speech? Yeah. Yep, that's it. Chuck knows. He doesn't need Are you kidding me? Chuck he, doesn't need it. He was anything. just trying to say you were going to get fired if you miss this. Is that what you were trying to say, wow. AJ, there? Is that no, what honestly, like it. That, when I heard Cowher say that in the back of my mind, I just wanted to bring it up and talk about it with somebody because I loved it, and I love what he said, and I think it's true. Sometimes it's not that fun in the moment to live in that no. that culture, but it's good. It's good for your team. Creates champions, you know, yeah. and sets a culture. Yeah. Not yeah. easy to be the person that has to be the person, though. You know, yeah. and he talked about that. It's lonely at the top sometimes. Excellent sense of free. Yep, that was awesome. He had a great one. <laughs> you know who else is going to have a great one? Who's Chuck Pagano. Chuck Pagano. He's going 10-4-1 and one tonight after he wins yet another against the spread pick. Yes! Oh, Ooh, that, that felt like it. That felt yeah. like the yeah. one. That's, that's, good you're in there, Chuck. That, that's the spot, Chuck. It's been bounced the way yeah. it should Chuck, you're in there. Live arm. Live arm today. Oh, he's spinning it, isn't he? Come on, Chuck. Remember that first one, not great. This one, though, fantastic! Ah! Yeah! Oh! Yeah! Oh! Yeah! Swing! Yeah. 25 people! Come on. $500! Oh, Chuck, I got gotcha. you. All Late. you got to do is retweet this post, say something nice to somebody, and put the easiest way to pay you digitally. Chuck, that was fantastic. Boy, 25 Chuck. people, 500 bucks. Baby, Chuck. Chuck. Way to What go. a great way to end this Coach Us Up Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow overreacting to the Rams and Saints this evening and then leading into the greatest Christmas weekend of all time. We can't thank you enough for allowing us to be a part of your life. Be a friend. Tell a friend something nice. It might change their life. We'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye.